Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of The First Exchange. Can you believe it? 10 episodes in. Um, delighted to have an OG of Irish MMA in with us this evening, Andy Ryan. Anyone who knows Andy Ryan is the head coach and owner of Team Rhino and all its affiliate gyms around the country. Um, Andy was one of the forefathers of Irish MMA. We, we literally have himself, John Cavanaugh and a few others to thank for Irish MMA Um so great to get him on we talked about Lowe's we talked about his time in the army um, you know the regrets that he had from, from leaving the army to, to where he is now to setting up the gym his background in judo being a judo athlete not making it you know all the roles that led him to be this really fantastic and successful uh, MMA coach um, the importance of jiu-jitsu um, in his gym as well we covered all grounds his family life talked about his wife Claire his kids the death of his brother you know the impact that had on his family really great insight I've known Andy for five years and anyone who has watched any of my stuff with Fight Connect TV will know that Andy has, has featured heavily um, but tonight was a, a great um, insight into him and to really get to know who he is and, and, and what Andy Ryan is all about so I hope you enjoy it as always follow The First Exchange on social media at The First Exchange and leave us comments give us any feedback that you have we're, we're 10 episodes deep but we're still new and we really want to know how you guys are enjoying the, the podcast um, so I hope you enjoy this episode of Andy Ryan it's uh, The First Exchange Andy Ryan welcome thanks how's things I've been deep breathing into this microphone here <laughs> 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 I'm sitting across me and the fucking earphones on and a big, big microphone. Welcome to the world of podcasts. I know. Well, thank you very much for coming in. Yeah, no problem. Always oh, any of our viewers, well, any of the Fight Connect TV viewers will will more than likely know who you are. Heavy, uh, featured heavily throughout the years, but um, had to get you in, you know. Yeah, tent. I thought it would have been forced in here. Here now, I asked you bleeding weeks ago. I said yeah. it to you when you come in. I think I actually asked you in June. You probably did. Yeah, and you were busy. But look, we got you in. I was going on holidays. You were going on holidays. Where, where did you go? Palmanova. Lovely. One of my spots. Yeah. We used to go there all every year with the fam. Yeah, it's lovely. How'd you get on? Yeah, great. You went over yourself, Claire and the kids. Just one, yeah. Sophie, yeah. Carrie's too big. She was working. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. And what you got up to just... Nothing. Chilled out. Trained every second day, walked every day. What swam. kind of what kind of training were you doing? In the gym over there. Oh, very good. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were just talking before we got um, recording. You were saying heavy lifting is out, and you're into yeah. a bit of running now. Too old. Yeah, back running like I used to do years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's too old. Yeah, and you want to stay. You know, you want to be active on the mountain. Yeah. You're going to lift a stupid weight every week. You can't roll. You can't train. So. Well, obviously, head coach at Team Rhino. Um, do you get to train much in, in your own gym? Yeah, I do. what I try and do is try and do a bit in the mornings because mm. I just changed the timetable there recently. I find that um, I come in to teach the MMA class and then by the time the Jiu-Jitsu class is on, you're just not in the humour, you know? Yeah. Your, your head isn't with it. So. Yeah, absolutely. And then you, you, I'm trying to roll then, you're not looking at the class. And I find it, maybe it's a little bit old school, but I, if you're coaching the class, I think it's hard for you to train on the class because... Mm. You're not putting your, you know, 100% into the class with the students. So 
if I'm rolling, I'm doing my RT. Now, some days I just go up and say, right, lads, we're rolling, clock goes on. Yeah. No teaching, we did enough bullshit the weekend and a seminar or something shit like that. Yeah. And we'll just roll, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I changed the timetable. Uh, this week we changed it. Right. Because um, we had our MMA class on Tuesday, Thursday, sort of sparring nights. And then that was on a six to about half seven. And beginners to jitsu was starting at seven. But new people were coming in and there's... Oh, Shitting themselves, really? James and tops off and blood all over the bleeding place. <laughs> fellas killing each other, you know? So we yeah. said, look. So we keep all them fellas away from the general public now. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Because that, that's that's what happens, isn't it? When people come in and if they're brave enough to take the first step yeah. to actually to start. And yeah. then they're like, that's that's their worst fear, isn't it? Like, I'm going to go up here now and I'm going to be made to bleed and kill but you know, And that's the, that's the bad perception we have. Everyone thinks you're coming to the rhino. You're going to get killed. They're all animals there. Yeah. They're going to bleed and kill you. They're going to get slagged. And, no, you're not. You're going to get slagged at a bit of crack and messing. But, you know, yeah. um, you're not going to get killed. We have plenty of beginner classes and plenty no. of good coaches. But we do have that. And we actually were at a, a show before and we heard two coaches actually bad mountain air gym saying that these guys are thinking of doing MMA. I wouldn't go up there. You're kidding me. They kill you up there. I wouldn't go near that gym, yeah. And one of the boys pulled them, you know what I mean? One of your lads? Yeah, pulled them, yeah. No yeah, way. Yeah. I'm from that gym, you know. Yeah, fair play oh, to him. Yeah. It's fans in your gym, yeah. absolutely. Stupid. And then the other thing as well, you know, we're trying to do, I suppose I guess we're doing some of we're trying to do two things, MMA and Jiu-Jitsu, it's hard. Yeah. Where you go out these coasters, just Jiu-Jitsu, and you concentrate on it, you know, and it's, yeah. it's easier, I think it's easier to put your head into it, into one sport, but two, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard as a coach. Would you take it personally, someone saying that about the gym? Yeah, I do, yeah, because you don't know, you don't understand, yeah, we do train hard, yeah, but mm. we're not like fucking killers, are you know? Yeah. No, there's, there's better gyms out there than us and, and other stuff, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, I can testify. I've never... Yeah. I've always had great fun yeah. when I up with you, yeah. up training with you. Bit the of laughing air place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A bit of banter. And actually, we had a, we have a great kids group. Um, we have a lot of kids. And one of the East Coast parents put a little post up during the week. Did you see that? No. So it's on two of our kids um, are at that nag of the weekend. Yeah. And his kid is fighting. And their two kids are cheering them on. Wow. And he thought it was great that they're rival gyms, but yeah. they're all friends and they were chatting, you know, yeah, coaching them. As it should be. And I thought it was very nice for a parent to put it up, you yeah, know. Yeah, very yeah. nice. Yeah, One of your teammates, yeah. Well, there you go. Good. Yeah. I like to see that energy being spread around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as you say, it is difficult to run a successful gym having yeah. jiu-jitsu and MMA. When you look at kind of like the jiu-jitsu sort of lifestyle and the kind of way that, you know, I'd say with East Coast, we're just jiu-jitsu. So the way that our gym is run yeah. to, we'll say, an MMA gym where the kind of format is different. Do you find getting that balance right quite, yeah, quite it's difficult? Hard. It's yeah. hard. Because I want air MMA lads jiu-jitsu based. I want that's their main, mm. you know, and they do. We've got a lot of good jiu-jitsu guys, but um, it is hard to push both. Yeah. You know, it is hard. I find guys coming to join MMA end up like I don't want to get punched in the head here but just, I like this grappling stuff you mm. know I'm going to give it a go so I was finding it hard so, and I do find that fellas coming for us at Jiu Jitsu are put off a little bit because of the MMA yeah. you know so it's a little bit mm. um, we're only actually talking about trying to start a girls class we have a couple of girls we don't have many girls in our gym yeah. and I think that you know, we're talking about do you need a girls coach to teach I don't know do you you know what I mean because we, we had so. this discussion with a football coach and he said well I'm a male and I teach women's football yeah. you know Sometimes girls aren't too comfortable with men teaching, especially grappling. Yeah. Get away with boxer stories or boxing type of Would classes. you have someone that could coach a girls' class? Not now, really, because we, we had Eva. Eva was very busy with work. And mm. then uh, Young Nadine is only too young. I think yeah. she needs a little bit of time to 
She's kind of in the competitive end yeah, as well, isn't yeah, she? You yeah. know what so I mean? So maybe we can start at one, one class a week, some sort of group, you know, we've got a couple yeah. of girls involved, you know. And you're very big on implementing gi jitsu as well. Yeah. Is yeah. that important? Is that kind I of an integral so, thing yeah. because yeah, of you so. coming from a judo background? Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. I think so. Mm. So, uh, and since we changed the timetable, uh, we've got a few of the MMA lads putting the gi on. They're doing a bit of jiu-jitsu, so it's good. Yeah. You know, they all do no gi. Yeah. Talk to me about your own background in judo. Because yeah, so you, you were like, I mean, that's that's where you started out, isn't it? Yeah, I started out in uh, yeah, the late 70s, um, went to a judo club. I actually thought I was joining the karate club. No way. Yeah, because at the time, Bruce Lee was huge and uh, monkey magic and all this stuff. So yeah. I was going to join this karate club. Big gang, was on the back of a friend of mine, Matt's car. And it was actually Dago Han Judo Club in Colester. And mm. one of the oldest, it was still going. And um, I just stuck it out, never stopped. So I've done that. I still do a little bit. Yeah. Haven't been competitive or involved in judo since 2000. Mm. Um, that was it. Is there any sim- similarities between judo and jiu-jitsu and now MMA coming through? Um, in the, when I did judo in the 70s and 80s, it was very much like the jiu-jitsu. It was tough, with a lot of groundwork. Mm. I found judo hasn't gone with the times. You know, there's more jiu-jitsu clubs in Ireland than there is judo clubs, yeah. you know? Um, they, they, they still, most clubs are, the mats are in a sports hall two hours a week. Mm. You, know, you can't do that. You have to have a full time premises, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I would have done a lot of judo in England when I was younger. I would have gone to England, Coventry yeah. and other places, Scotland and stuff and trained and, you know. Would yeah. you agree that, you know, a good, solid judo background will help you progress oh, a little de- bit faster in jiu-jitsu or even yeah, in MMA? Yeah, yeah, definitely in wrestling. Mm. You know, yeah. Any type of grappling art. Mm. you are flying yeah big thing for me is gymnastics and we always did gymnastics in the judo club always like basics yeah handstands front flip back flip, that type of stuff cartwheels walking on your hands i still do it now in the club with the lads messing that's the big thing mm. All, every kid you do gymnastics first yeah in school and that you have that base going to any sport you're laughing you know yeah absolutely um is it important for you in your, you know, in, in Team Rhino to, you, you obviously spoke um, about your, your kids class there, but yeah. is it important for you that you kind of like nurture that kids group? Like, do you see the benefit in nurturing the kids and keeping them with you and letting them progress the whole way through to, you know, now that you have your likes of Paul Redmond and the lads who are pro and it's their career? You yeah, know? so this is, a, it's a crazy one. In our main gym in the HQ of Finglas, we don't have a kids MMA team. Mm. We just... It's grappling and jiu-jitsu with them. And then as they get a little bit older and come teenage, really, we bring them into the MMA. It's probably something we probably need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we try and keep it fun. We have about 80 kids in the gym there. We have four good coaches, all the coaches, kids trying in the gym. Yeah. And it's very it's very fun-based and it's very, you know, even though it's a, we wouldn't be too much committed on competition with them. But yeah, yeah we either, we came second in the OBGF tournament with a very small team. We won the Irish Open the year before that. So... We always have big numbers when mm. all our affiliates come together with huge numbers of kids. Do you feel that even though, you know, if you might not push it, but because they're in a gym and they're seeing the older guys do it, it yeah. kind of just naturally just kicks in with them. And yeah, well, like our, our Donahue gym is very much like, that's the little gym to be in at the moment. So it's a tiny gym. Yeah. The man area is tiny. But yet the kids in that club do K1 competitions, MMA events, mm. the toy box, they do all the no-gi stuff, the nag events. You know, there, there's a little small group of them. But the coaches do a great little job with them there, you know. Mm. So maybe we need to do the same thing in Finglas to start yeah. getting some of the younger ones into the MMA classes. Yeah. What are you most proud of in terms of the gym? Obviously, the accolades that the gym brings in, that's obviously one of them. But yeah, what, overall, I, I, what, what is I'm, it? I'm in a sort of a, a time in my life where um, last week, I, I actually couldn't make it. We had um, a 25-year anniversary from when I joined the Army. Right. And that still does be in my mind, you know, 
did I do the right thing and leaving and stuff and I did I went in in 94 and I met a great bunch of guys and I actually for jobs I loved you know yeah. and, I, and I think it's a great start for anybody and in 2002 I was on leave I took a year out and I never went back Right. and that sort of kills me sometimes no and I just say, yeah and I just say should I stay in there and I love the army and and it wasn't until one of the lads said to me, I was actually having a conversation with him, and I said, oh, jeez, my head is wrecked. I should have left the army on his anniversary. He said, jeez, you made the right choice, didn't you? He said, all these kids, all these jumpers, like, and look what you've done. you travelled the world, mm -hmm. and you're one of the first guys to push jiu-jitsu in Ireland and MMA, and it wasn't for the likes of you, you wouldn't be here. And all. I said, jeez, hang on a minute. Yeah, sometimes you forget, like, you forget what you've done. Do you find it done. hard to actually look at yeah. your, your own accolades I, I, and go, Yeah, I, 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 I always that. knock myself. Joe Clifford used to give out to me. Joe Clifford would be saying to me, introduce me to people as a... Uh, Sandy Run UFC coach, and I'd be saying, sure. I ever know, really, like, we, you know, just you yeah. put yourself down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give yeah. you an example of that. Um, got a, an email there earlier in the year, and um, the there's a, a college in town, I can't think of the name of the college in town, um, and they do sports psychology and coaching mm. and all this type of stuff, you know. So they said to me, invited me up to the thing, there's a talk going on. Well, he said, Lovely, I'll go up anyway, and um. I was late. I said, I'll hide down the back of this bleeding place. It's probably in an auditorium, right? Yeah. So I knocked at the door and I said, I'm here for the sports talk. Oh, yeah, yeah, come in. They're in this room. There's a room like this. There was fucking a table with six people sitting around it. Shit. And I said, bollocks. <laughs> so I said, oh, sorry, I'm late. I couldn't get parking. And I oh, yeah, sit down, Andy. So they all started introducing themselves. And there were people there from rugby and people from Gaelic and um, professional football and all this stuff and they're all naming themselves you know like Andy Ryan uh, BSC DD Bleeding all these yeah. numbers you know like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I said uh, Andy Ryan I said um, I was a professional athlete from 2000 and coach and blah 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 and I don't have the fancy letters you have and he said no but you have what we want yeah. I was there to give them a talk I was the bleeding I was the main person <laughs> they were there to pick my brain no yeah. way and I'm playing to myself I just said, a normal fella, you know, have a club in Finglas. No, I was there. Was just, and this fella's from Rugby Ireland and Americans yeah. and all there, you know, and ask me all questions and stuff, you know. And I, oh, said, I love it. Yeah, and they said, no, you have the 20 years of experience that mm. we don't have. Yeah. So sometimes we do, and it's another thing, we do put ourselves Absolutely. down. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's a bad. I, I don't. I don't think we do it too much in the MMA or the Jiu Jitsu. We do it in other sports. Yeah, you know? yeah. And I think boxing sort of showed us that. Now, hang on a minute. We're as good mm. as anyone here. But as coaches, we got to think like that as well. You know. Do you feel that if you had a little bit of the maybe like the American side where they kind of they they exaggerate things or they give themselves the plaudits? Do you think that maybe if you had that a little bit more of that, that you would be. I know you are recognised now, but it's taken you a while yeah. to get the recognition that you really do deserve because, like you say, I mean, yeah, Irish I, MMA... I, don't, I, I, I always remember a thing. I remember in 2011, and I, I won the Pan Ams in, 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 Sandy, in, sorry, in LA, and I come back and someone said to me, you've done the Pan I said, it's only in the Masters. And, no, no, you won the Pan Ams. You went from Ireland. No one has won the Pan Ams from Ireland. Yeah. You won them. And I remember John Cabin said to me, you should be telling everybody. I didn't tell anyone. I made excuses. Ah, it's only over 30. It's masters. Yeah. No, but no one else had done it. You travel all the way over to America mm -hmm. and you beat the Brazilians and the Americans. You didn't ha hand yeah. It wasn't handed to you. Did nothing about it. You didn't say anything, you know. Mm -hmm. And then the same when I went to the world. I wasn't even training. I went to the world and I got a bronze medal in the world. And I said, you got it? Yeah, but said, it wasn't training for me, a bronze medal. No, but it was the world championships. All the way over there in, in, yeah. in LA with all the people from around the world 
you know, you should be bragging mm. about it. Or I didn't brag about it, I just kept my mouth shut, you know I what I mean? I didn't even know that. I didn't yeah. know you won the Pan Ams. Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the that mm. in jiu-jitsu especially that's the dream yeah. to go and beat yeah. those who are have created yeah. the sport at their own sport. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So for me in jiu-jitsu, like I only, I wouldn't be taking the competition serious. But yeah, I've won the the Euros at Purple Brown. You know, yeah. absolutes and um, I got the bronze in the worlds and black belt and I won the Pan Ams and you know little things. Like, so, and then yeah, it's not it's me doing the fellas I've coached mm. have done well and medals. You know what I mean? I'd yeah. rather that. Yeah. Has to be a compliment, you know. For me, the biggest thing, Siri, win the world title, the Cage Warriors world title. Yeah, is that still your biggest yeah, thing? Yeah, well, I think so because it was done. It was the hard way, and it was done at home, and it was done when everyone thought he was finished. And I could see him, you know, going to USC. I could see him being up there. I, t- I only had this conversation with him the other day, and I said to him, if he had of having someone that had come in to him for his last two years of fighting, and saying, right, look, don't worry about work. We look after you. Because he had a mortgage and a lot of young kids. Because yeah. I could see in his last two fights, when he was fighting, it was tiredness. It was the recovery mm. he wasn't getting, you know. And I said, he could have got the world title fight. You know, and for me, him winning that fight in the Cage Warriors and the Helix, when he was the underdog, mm. and that guy was that guy was the name to go to USC as the best flyweight in Europe. And see, so he submits him, you know. Sure, yeah. sure, you know what I mean? What a nice... Yeah, and it was done the hard way. He had the hard way up. He had lost fights. He was going to retire... So that's why I think it means a lot to us, you know what I mean? This fella's now fucking, to have two fights in a column for a USC contract. I know, yeah. Or do you want to make that professional uh, debut on Bleeding Bellator? Yeah. That's wrong. Does it frustrate you? Because you've, yeah, you've it, been in it in so long and you've the seen... In, it's the Instagram um, warrior now, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, And a great respect for someone, but I think you need to put the work in. Yeah. Put the work in, travel, compete, you know what I mean? Yeah. Be a bit fucking humble, you know. Do you find that you have people coming to your gym that are kind of don't want to be like that? They're like, I want to, I, you know, I, I, I want to focus on the actual sport of it. I want to get in it and get my teeth stuck yeah. into the sport and, and learn and we, try, we try and educate them, yeah, and that's why the IMFs are brilliant. Yeah. You need to go and look at an IMF. You mm-hmm. need to go and watch a show because it's not a Saturday night show and mm. ring announcers and so IMAF you know, is the amateur end of the yeah, sport so it's the International Mixed Martial Arts Federation yeah. and it's gone huge mm. so we went to the European Championships there in um, Rome and you go over there you get there on a Sunday you do your checking in Monday morning weigh in 6 or 8 o'clock well, I think it was 7 in the morning you're on the mat at 10 mm. you know you're out there fighting every day and, and there's none of this entrance walking out music you're called out you're in that cage you fight out you go next fight yeah. in you know so, so it's, it's like jiu-jitsu it's like that like, yeah it's a tournament, tournament. Feel, and yeah. you've got to make weight every day if you continue you've got five fights in a week mm. but it's brilliant and that's the way it, it should go everyone should aim for that if you can't win a medal or you can't win fights at that why go pro yeah you know because I said to someone about one of our lads have gone pro and I said okay you're pro now so tell me what you're doing different from when you're an amateur he couldn't tell me I said, so you're still training the same nights. You're still doing the same stuff. You're not a professional. Yeah. You're still amateur. You're fighting professional rules as an amateur athlete. Yeah. That's all you're doing. In your opinion, wh- where is the crossing point from amateur professional? When do you look at, it, at one of your students and say, right, you've done this at amateur, now it's time for you to go pro? Um, I, I think since the IMAFs come in and there is no need to go pro unless... you're going to give up your work or you're going to sacrifice Mm. that next, you know what I mean, that next level to make that UFC or Bellator or stuff like that. Where if you fight in the UMass, build yourself a reputation, get a couple of medals, then you have big shows, look at me then. So you say, okay, now I'm coming out, there's maybe 20 fights under my belt Mm. as an amateur. Guys here going amateur after four fights. 
Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Because you want to take the top off and fight. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then with all the restrictions now, it's fucking, you can't even get a fight on a show now in, or- in Ireland, you know? So it's mad. Yeah. Th- th- arguably, there's a little bit more pride as well in yeah. going, staying amateur and, 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 you know, being a triple world champion at, at, yeah. at, at amateur. You know what I mean? Then having two or three fights and then going pro and being like, you know, two and four in your pro career or whatever, yeah, you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's different now. I mean, back in the day, arguably, you know, guys were jumping in and they were just, there was no distinguished no, feature no. between that, amateur well, That's pro. what I always said. You weren't a professional, you were an amateur weren't professional rules. That's the yeah. only difference, you know. So you weren't, you weren't, you know, giving up work and training full time and living yeah. this professional life, you know. Do you feel that the the sort of rule set with amateur now and this whole kind of, you know, media storm that's gone about with OIMA and all the different regulations and stuff for amateur, do you think it's just and do you think that this is actually the way forward and it's how the sport would progress? Yeah, but, but I do still think you, you still need your Saturday night shows where you don't need the shin guards, the rash guards and stuff yeah. and fight at an amateur level. Mm. But because I had a big rant there, we're putting up, uh, we're going to do a show and it's uh, no rash guards and it's no this and we're going to call it B and we're going to call it C. No, it's not. It's amateur. Mm. doesn't matter what you're wearing. It's an yeah. amateur. You're not getting paid. It's mm. three three-minute rounds. It's amateur. doesn't yeah. matter what you're bleeding wearing. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. You know. So So in a perfect world, if, if, if you had, if someone just came to you and said, right, Andy, we're just going to, whatever you think, whatever you say, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. In a perfect world, what, what is the answer to it? Yeah, for me, um, enjoy the training. For, like, this is the, the thing is that, it's like jiu-jitsu, right? Mm. So many people come through the door and I'll say, well, I want to be world champion in jiu-jitsu. Very, very few. Yeah. They do it as a hobby. Yeah. So the first thing is, are you doing this as a hobby? No problem. No, no pressure on you. You want to do a couple of competitions, do them gammas like that, the Mulpeter's run or an amateur league type thing. There needs to be more of that type of stuff. Mm. I think O'Shane had a thing in the college, didn't he, with an amateur. Yeah. Do that. If you don't want to f- compete, don't compete. Mm. Fellas go to boxing classes and don't want to box, you know. So there shouldn't be the strict thing of when you come into a club or you have to fight and you're going mm. to go, you know, okay. Then you have the guys that come in, they're athletes and they want to make it and you say, okay, no problem. you got to start step one. You got to build your reputation up. You got to learn how to grapple. You got to learn how to wrestle. You got to learn how to box. You got to learn how to turn up in a fight. You got to deal how to deal with when you have that, you know, cutting weight. You got to learn how to, you know, the nerves getting in the cage or something's happened to you at home and mm. your head is fucked up. You got to learn all them things mm. and then get your fights in. Do that. If you're really, really good and you're coming from a good background where you may have a, you know, your judo black belt or jiu-jitsu black belt, you might go a little bit quicker. You know yeah. what I mean? So there's no rush. And you get to that little stage of your few fights, then you're making an Irish team and you're winning them my maths. And then you can decide to go pro, yeah. you know. Or you might just get someone that doesn't like the amateur game, is a big heavy hitter, a good athlete, to get a couple of fights under their belt and you know they're going to make pro. That's mm-hmm. that's a different type of athlete, you yeah. know. But I think there should be no pressure on them. That's that's the thing about it. So we see it we see it commonly where people will want to train, but they're like, okay, I, I want to I want to join this gym. I want to gym. I don't want to compete. That that that's one box. Yeah. But how do you filter the guys who come up and are like, I want to compete. I want to be a fighter, and they're just not ready or they're not good enough. Well, I I, I get lads of that all the time. I get fellas telling me, um, I want to fight. I said, okay, no problem. Um, mm. Well, this is your training program. Do yeah. A B C D, and I'm going to get you a fight. You don't do it, like yeah. you know. You don't yeah. do it. So do you find that you're like, okay, you have to adhere to what I put in front yeah, of you, yeah. and then you get to fight. But yeah. you know already, they're yeah. not. They don't have yeah. the head, the, yeah. the head or the bollocks to, yeah. to go and yeah. do it. Or, or, or throw them into the, the <coughs> them little amateur events. Like they ran a couple of cork, and they're not going to get hurt. Yeah, they're going to do the competition, and you know it's a big deal for them. And let's see how they get on. You know. Yeah. 
What do you think is the biggest sort of milestone for young people to get over for competing? Is it the ego of the winner, the loss, or is it the actual hard training? Yes, yeah, the hard training, yeah. A lot of them a lot of them will do like I have to laugh. A lot of them do these video posts, Instagram pictures. You know, they do more of that than they do fucking training. Yeah. You know, and that, that's the, you know, the ins and outs. But if you don't take a picture after training, did you even train? Yeah, you know, I, I, don't, I don't mind taking a picture after, but do the work, train. Yeah. I had an argument, I won't tell you the fighter, but a fellow that fights with me, and he was more interested in his Instagram. And he was a very talented fighter. Yeah. Very talented, could do well. He got beaten. The very first thing he did was took his phone out and did an Instagram and apology. And I said, saying, you shouldn't even be thinking about your phone. You should be yeah. thinking about the fight. What, you know, what the fuck up with this fight here? What's going to do wrong? What you know? Mm. He was thinking about the social media. Thinking the social media before he went into the cage. Yeah, what people were going to say and get what rec- he said. record me going in there, will you? You know. Yeah. Uh, I had an incident in um, in uh, one of the Euros in Romania, and uh, I pay my own way to go over there. Yeah. The coach, right? And I don't think a lot of fighters understand that all the coaches pay our own way. Yeah. So I was paying fifteen hundred quid to go and help people out and coach them, right? And I had a few lads, my own lads, in it, but coaching other teams. I want the fuck off where it hands me the camera and asks me to record them warming up. I want the fuck off. But there's no respect for me. You know what I'm saying? Who do you think you are? Who do you are, mate? You know what I mean? What? You know, and I said, hang on a minute. And then um, I was trying to I was trying to put in, in implement that. If we have enough coaches going, I don't want fighters in corners. Nothing about the fighters. I, what I don't want is, you're out to be out and having your fight. You're out to getting beaten. Now you jump into my corner because you're my pal. We're going out to fight and we're all talking about it's your fight you fucking lost. You know yeah. what I mean? You know? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. So it's negative. So you need yeah. to have good coaches in the corner. Mm. So this is under your role at IMA, which yeah. is the Irish yeah. MA Association. Mm. So it's 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 basically what the Team Ireland Collective yeah. will say, like the best of each gyms or yeah, you so know, system, was, don't I, you? I, I said the way it should be done, it should be open to everybody, right? Yeah. Your club is part of the association. You know, you should be allowed to go. So it shouldn't and be. And what way was happening before? People were just selected because they had the no, most fights. Whoever or... had the whoever had the money to go, or people okay. didn't realise when it was on, or there was no information given out. So there was no squad, sort of. You know yeah, what I mean? So yeah. I said, listen, it has to be a squad. We have a squad. So now we have a squad training session. We had a squad session in my place there two Fridays ago. Yeah. It was out the door, like. Yeah, I seen the pictures. Yeah, it was. Of course, everywhere. Yeah. So we said, okay, the best lads go. So the likes of your European medalist, award medalist, you're going to be number one anyway. So we'll say that. And then little things like I was explaining to lads, there's no need to have a fight off on a show if you're someone like Alexander O'Sullivan, who's mm. bleeding hundreds of fights, one of the best fighters in Europe. He, he He's at the trials, and as a fella making his novice debut, hang on a minute, you know. Yeah. Alex gets number one spot. If there's a spare spot to go, someone can go, you know. Mm. I've seen a lot of people complaining and slagging off that there's a few novices going to... The Euros last Euros out, and I was saying, well, you know, there's no, there's no experience for it. Just want to go. They want to go. Let them go. Let them learn. Let them learn that you know. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah if if you have a problem with who's going, then you step up and yeah, go. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? If you exactly. think you can do a better job, yeah. like hmm, yeah. you wouldn't deny anyone the opportunity to go over. No, and a, for, a fine example of that was Matthew Sheen in their place. Mm. Matthew was zero one, goes to Vegas, has five ways to win every one. Bend the place. Yeah, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously another proud moment for you there when you have like a, a world champion yeah and see that that was a great what happened that weekend was Redzo went over with him he was competing mm. in jiu-jitsu so I actually had him won the world I had Yui and I had Drum Gill got bronze medal so we yeah. did great for the, it was great for the gym yeah but um, I was slagging them I had I got a great deal on um, e-bookers or one of them things and I got 
I got business class flights no from Dublin to New York and then fourth class from New York to Vegas and I was slagging them all and following them out in a few days. <laughs> got fucking food poisoning, didn't I? No way. Did it, is that why Reds are ended up going? So Reds was out there anyway. Oh, I, okay. I was right, following. Right, 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 right. So I was meant to go and uh, I got food poisoning and I said, look, I'll see what happens. The day of the flight, I got Claire to drive me to the airport and I'm halfway up and I'm getting sick out the window. Oh, and, shit. And I was sweating. I said, now bring me home. I came home. I fucking lost all my flights and everything. Uh, the, all the money gone? Everything, like you didn't everything. get rid of it? Rid- no, hotel, everything. I think it was, oh, I think it was 1,700 quid I, I'd lost. And, uh, they were, and it was just because me bragging about going business class, yeah. slagging them. Where'd you get the bleeding food back, poisoning from? I was out the day before in a restaurant, the Monaco name Don't you ruin them? Yeah, and um, I got food poisoning. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, me and my daughter. Yeah. No way. What did you have? What, what was it that? I, don't, I can't remember. Hell. Yeah, That's and it was gas. bad, and I'd never been a sick before. Like really? I said, yeah, it's you know, horrible, you know you're it? sick, you say, right? You'll still travel. Oh yeah. And I was saying, right, business. I shall have a bed. I'll be able to sleep on the flight. Yeah. But I couldn't even sit up. I was puking. Taking was, your motilian, Bobby yeah, Grant. I was puking. <laughs> I was bad. So I said, no. I said, Brilliant. Well, listen, they done you proud that year. Yeah, you got a great win, yeah. You got a great weekend. And Reds are, I mean, he he he's great. He's a yeah. great coach, isn't he? Like, I, yeah. and I always see him when I'm covering the shows. You know, that's Paul Reb in front of those Bells for professional MMA fighter. Um, but even with the lads, when he's in the local shows, you know, he's yeah. he's a good energy to have. You know what yeah. I mean? And I think the lads really respect and trust. Yeah, because he's a normal Joe Soap. He doesn't. There's no ego yeah. with the fucker. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some would yeah. say that he he should get a little bit more of it. Sure. That, that, we, the whole team is like that, I suppose. You know, we just. Yeah. But we, we don't we don't we don't show you away like we mm. I say to lads when we walk into a venue we walk into the tree arena wherever we're going fucking chest out head up you know yeah. no one's gonna bleed and bully us you know what I mean I think people know that yeah and we, and we get yeah, on with, yeah, we get yeah, on with yeah. everybody you know we do yeah. get on because people know that we're here to scrap you know what I mean we're here to yeah. you know no bullshit and we don't mind giving people you know mention if they're doing well or doing you know mm. I, the last time I was talking to you, I was giving a mention to Dara, and Dara sent me a message saying thanks very much. And Did I said, he? Yeah, Bloody. yeah. Well, you, you know, East Coast Party had the best youth club in the country. So, yeah. you, so you got it. You got to spot. You're not pointing saying, "Oh, well, we're fucking about themselves." So yeah. bastards. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to be honest. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's good. That's lovely to not know. Not for long. We're coming to get you. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, talk to me for a bit about Paul Redman because obviously, arguably, he's your most successful fighter that you have in the gym right now. At the moment, in yeah. terms in terms of professional, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Paul's own legacy. He's, I think, he's still the only Irish fighter to fight for pretty much all the everybody, professional organizations: KSW, yeah. Bama, Bellator. You got a raw deal in the UFC. UFC. Let's talk about that. Got a raw deal. Talked. He tried to we bullied him into taking that fight, and he told me he was eighteen kilos over. He was twenty three kilos over something. So we made him cut the weight anyway, and he was missed by a couple of pounds. Yeah. So he wasn't going to do well in that fight. Now he lasted mm. three rounds. Yeah. But he just didn't perform. And then we were caught up about this thing about he has to be 66 kilos, he has to be. And we got him in unbelievable shape. He looked super. His fitness level was great. But the second he got hit in the bleeding chin, he was gone. He wasn't the same fighter, you know? Mm. So the UFC just dropped him straight away instead of giving him the Dublin chance. But we moved him back to 70 kilos. Yeah. And that's where he sort of made his name out in Cage Warriors. You know, Cage Warriors was great for him. And then he got the, the Bella or the Bama shot there. And I thought... I thought he was hard done by that. Originally, when that um, fight with Norman was meant to mm. be a title fight, we thought it was five rounds. Yeah. You know, 
and three rounds for title fight is a bleeding joke. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the TV bleeding, um, it was TV hours. The TV d- deal that they had to get shit, in it. Because there have been fights so on yeah. it since there are five rounds. Yeah. Did he, did he, when did he find out that it was only going to be three rounds for that fight? I don't even think we even looked at the contracts to tell the truth. We just signed them. And, <laughs> you know, because you know, you just. Yeah, you're just like, oh, fight. Yeah, good. We were all good. And I, I, I thought the fight was close and I thought he did enough to win it. And, you know, and I wasn't going to argue because Norman's a great competitor and he's, you know, he's very yeah, good. Yeah, come from a good gym, Rodney Yeah, and he's very yeah. good. And Rodney Moore, there's no bullshit with them lads, you know what I mean? Yeah. And we've, we've been in shows with them in Newcastle and other places in England, middle of nowhere, you know, and share change rooms. And yeah. So they're 100%. Go back to the time with the UFC when you're, you know, when you're talking about yeah. with Paul and he's the two fights. Do, do you get a chance with the UFC to say, look, I don't think he's after getting a fair run, give him another chance. Are they no. that kind of a company where no. they can be open? I, th- and I think because at the time we were sort of doing it as Team Rhino, he was he wasn't with intensity anymore, you know. And I think yeah. if we had a good, if we had been with a, a good management agency like Intensity, where where they have fighters in the UFC, well, yeah. they can start to say, "Well, hang on a minute." They can there argue was, the case for yeah, you. Yeah, well, they didn't, didn't give a shit about us, really. You know what I mean? Mm. But um, I think he was unlucky with that. And then the Barma team, the belt, and there was no belt on it. Norman didn't make the weight, and it should have been a five rounder. And then I thought he was unlucky in the KSW show in Poland. He would look really brilliant it? and yeah. then just gets clocked, you know what I mean? Mm. He's, he's been unlucky with that in injuries now, are we? Yeah, yeah, and obviously we just found out that he's out of Bellator yeah. now. Um, with a stupid wrestling, a basic throw, just twisted his ankle. But he, he, he pulled the ligament, mm. snapped the ligament, and the ligament pulled some of the bone off away. Fuck. And he fractured his leg as well. Same oh, sweet it. Jesus. Did he, he know in the, on the night, was he like, I know no, I'm I was on the mat, I told him to get the fuck up. I had it, and I said, don't start this bleeding, whinging. You don't have to twist in your ankle and put a bit of free spray in it. Yeah. And have it like a little samurai sword stick and batter them with that and get, get them off the mat. <laughs> and he was saying to me, I think I might go to Bowman. I said, you're not going to Bowman. He'd be sitting there all day doing your own. There'd be nothing wrong with you, you're grand. Yeah. Bit of voice in it. And <laughs> two weeks later, it still wasn't going down. <laughs> and uh, he texted Dan Healy, Dan Healy got him in for a scan. I said, no, your ankle is fucked. No way, really. <laughs> yeah, but listen, I think even if he had gone to the hospital, he wouldn't, he wouldn't know us. What's the conversation like? Did he, re- he obviously rings you first. Yeah. And what do you say? He was heartbroken. I'd say he was, yeah. And I said to him, if you were harsh, you'd be glue. You'd be gone. <laughs> so I, I, had, I had breakfast with him on Sunday. I said, listen, pal, I said, news to you. You're done. <laughs> You're no good to me. Don't be ringing me anymore. Don't tell a man about you. We get no sports carry out of you. It's not a bleeding brutal one. You're messing with him. You know? yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we, we, we've a heap of injuries in the gym at the moment. James Sheen is still on crutches from that fight within Gary and Cage Warriors. Holy shit. How long ago was that? Months ago. Yeah. It's actually months ago, isn't it? Could, yeah. yeah. Six, it is, seven yeah. months, is it? Yeah, it could be, it could be around yeah. that time, yeah. 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 Um, but before we go on and talk about the rest of the lads, I just want to go back go back to Paul there because yeah. the relationship that you do have with him is very special. Yeah. Um, Paul's been very open about his own relationship. He, he, he didn't grow up with a dad. His dad's yeah. not in his life. And been very open about how you've st- stood into that role. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, because you've got two two daughters, isn't it? Never gets it? me out my father's label. Doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 treat, I treat all the lads like that in the yeah. gym. Um, I treat but there is a special bond with you and Paul, though, yeah, isn't there? Yeah, there is, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good friends as well. Yeah. We're good friends. He's not molded him, and I do sort of look after him. And I try, he, he's a great work ethic, and that's mm. what I like. You know what I mean? I like It's like Neil as well. That's maybe why I get on so well with him. Yeah. There's no excuses with him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? We have a great bunch of lads. Like, like, we go running on Saturdays together. We bring them up to the park and then we go for coffee at breakfast in the morning. Yeah. And then, you know, so it's very much, I learned that from my judo time, you know, yeah. with my coaches and stuff, that it was, that's the way it is. 
And then I sort of, yeah, like Paul is now dad. I would have been friends with, with Paul's mother. She yeah. was, she was, yeah, so she yeah. was a kickboxer. No way, yeah, she, I didn't know yeah, that at all. Black belt. Yeah, she was in Magando kickboxing. So the Total Fitness Gym, years ago, we all trained and she yeah. was in there. Yeah. And that's uh, so why I knew his ma very well. Yeah. You know, and she was, and then when Reza came to the gym, like, I always say, you never think he was going to be a fighter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, he says it himself, he was like only out of the session. Yeah. He was coming That's from the session. Was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Would he be your biggest shock in terms of, you know, the lads who've had a complete turnaround? Um, not a shock, really, because even as an amateur, he was tough. Yeah. There's other fellas. I think Matthew Sheen, for me, was the... Matthew was in, now Matthew is in the army, so he's fit. Mm. He's, he's, all the Sheens are very strong-minded. Yeah. Like the da race motorbikes and so they always have that they have that competitive you know mm. they're all fit they're all the, all the brothers are like that but for when he was with us in the gym and that was two years ago was it three years ago for the the, the mass he was getting battered and training you know and i was saying this blanky bastard you know we put, but we put the pressure on him every week i used to get him to the side and get all the big lads to give him a hard time yeah. just give him a heart and he kept going and kept going and kept going he said to me I'm going to the world, he said. Yeah. Once I go past the fourth round of every fight, he said, they're not going to finish me. Yeah. I'm too fit for them. So he had a strong mind. Yeah. So him going to the world at zero and one and coming back with five wins. And, and people are saying, oh, it's not as good as it was now. Well, hang on a minute. He fought America. He fought Poland. He fought Bulgaria. He fought a wrestler in Bulgaria. He mm. fought all the big countries. And he fucking beat every one of them, you know? Yeah. So I got a little bit annoyed in my hair that like someone said that like I put them in their place. Yeah. He's probably the one I think. But I think Reza was always tough. Mm. But you're very protective of all your lads, aren't you? Yeah, you have to be, I think, don't yeah. you? Have yeah, to be. of course, yeah. 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 Have to be. Because um, you worry for them. And then, you know, um, I remember a certain person only said to me a while ago, um, a, a big name, it wouldn't be a coach, but a big name in the world of MMA and other stuff. And he said to me, yeah. Uh, or you get too emotional with your fighters. He said, uh, mm. I watch other coaches in Ireland and they don't get emotional like you. And I said, well, I worry about my care for them and yeah. my friends and my students. Why wouldn't it be emotional? Yeah. And um, I always remember Conor McGregor saying, he was doing an interview one time and Neil wins the, the title. Mm. And he says, he sees me dancing at the side, Reds are doing a jig at the side, you know? Yeah. And he said, a big bleeding fellow like him jumping around the place. <laughs> You're doing a jig. Yeah, because... You do. You're, you're, my, you're, my life is tied up with them. My, this yeah. is my life. Martial arts is my life. So, you know, I see them lads. Like, I was at Reds this morning, even though he's on the crutches. Mm. We went to the gym this morning at nine o'clock. Yeah. So we did a weights this morning. He came to the class with me. I turned the class. We drove home, got lunch. I dropped him off. You yeah. know, so we're with each other all the time. Yeah. The, the butcher was with us. Miles Price was down with us. Mm. So there's a bunch of us. And I would give out to them, fall out with them. I try and tell them, they, they say to me, you know, we're going there Saturday. I said, don't, don't invite me. I'm not your friend. I'm your coach. I don't know. Go out and talk about me. Give out about me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know they want I mean? you on the session with yeah, me, you know, And I say, no, I'm your coach. Yeah. You know, because you can't be too friendly and too, you know, I've had it before where you do too much for some people, mm. you know, to take advantage. And yeah. uh, sort of backfires on you, you know what I mean? Explain take advantage in what, in what way? I just, it's hard to say. I'm probably on personal things outside mm. of the gym. Okay, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And put you on a spot probably, put you in a position where you don't want to be, you know? So. Yeah. But look, I try and be best for all the lads. I try and lead them down the right path. Mm. Um, I'd have them in the gym. We try, like, try and keep them away from the, sort of that, especially in the north side of Dublin, that sort of world of crime sort of a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what I do is I have very good friends in the, in, in the gym, Parry Tierney, one of our black belts. He's a detective and, 
another fella, Colin Reid, is in, in the guards, and he's gas. Like he's a real guard. Like in the winter time, he comes up with reflective jackets and lights for the youngsters and the boys. Amazing, wow. but it's good, isn't it? Because he's yeah. cleaning the kids and he's saying, "Look, you come to the gym, but catch up here without a light in your bike, you're in trouble." Yeah, and he brought yeah. up like he brought a thirty vest and thirty lights. For all the kids, all the homeless, yeah. you know, and that's great. Well, it's great on itself as well because I mean, young people coming up now have a very negative um, attitude towards police, and yeah, guards, well, especially I, in North I, Dublin. I just right? say to the lads, um, the guards, come up sometimes in the, in the guard of the car, come up in your uniform, let them know that this is a you know a guard of welcome sort of you know yeah. game that there's no shite going on here because sometimes you can have that reputation of. Oh, they're hard gym in the north side. Of course, you might get fellas come out of the gym yeah. and join the gym that you mightn't want there. But I just play the game. You don't last. You know, anyone that's mm. trying to just local heart, they don't last. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'll put Big Carl on them anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That'll work. Yeah. That'll work. Um, but go back to me about that time, you know, in the army. I'm interested because you yeah. did mention that about the regrets maybe that you had or, or the, the. I don't have many regrets and I try not. I try not I'm always saying, don't live in the past and, you know. Um, but what yeah, was I, it? What what was so special about the army that I you? I think it was the people I met and the training, and I still run the gym a little bit like the army, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm still very good friends with one or two of the guys that was in the army. We still talk probably two or three times a week, you know. Yeah. I just think the job that it is, and you know, the fitness and the outdoors, and I actually found that uh, I was brilliant in school. I was, a, I was a daydreamer. I actually loved school, and. That's another. I'd love to probably go back and I never did me leaving or that, you know. What yeah. I'm well, and sometimes I think that's why, as a coach, I hold, I hold myself back a little bit when I went to that meeting in the college. Well, hang on a minute. I'm not academic. I, yeah, I'm well, not. Because yeah. yeah, you're not, you know, not stupid. Like you're a bit of cop on. Yeah. But I found this um, uh, school report from the bleeding like I think it was maybe seven or something, Marie. No you know? way. Yeah, and it was mental. Like, and I'm looking at it and it's gas and it. And I think I read out one of the nights on Instagram, and I think on it like was like uh, handwriting bad, English bad, needs to walk in the reading, <laughs> Irish bad, you know. Uh, I was good at uh, nature, very good, you know. Yeah. Um, PE, very good, but a bit boisterous, you know. And I said, yeah. well, hang on a minute, I'm stuck with this. Uh, personal development and stuff like that. Andrew Wills' confidence, you know. So I was a confident kid that was into the outdoors into mm. sports you know what I mean and yeah. I say to myself maybe I wasn't as bad in school as I thought I was yeah. you know what I mean I was a confident kid because it was saying to me that one day I said in the judo I said I was very shy and I remember I was six and I think I could have been four years before I won a fight you know mm. and he was saying to me no you're always very confident I said I can't remember I think I used to get beaten up as a kid and he said no he said you used to get beaten for these couple of years and then one day we went to this competition and you're walking up and down the side of the mat and you wouldn't talk to anybody and you're jumping up and down. And whatever happened to you that day, it was a little switch turned on you, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that competitive streak came into you. But sometimes you're trying to remember that. And so I just think of when I was in the army, I was like that. Yeah. I was confident. I enjoyed it, enjoyed the outdoors. I enjoyed... Like, how, where did you? How did you start off in the army? Like, what? What was the? What, did, did somebody? You know, was I it a school? Wanted, did you get a leaflet? I or always what wanted way? to join the army as a kid. Always. No and way. then they hadn't recruited in years and they were recruiting. And I was actually just finishing a, a four-year apprentice in a, as a Sparks. Yeah. And I was 21, and I was come up, and I said, fuck it, you know, I'd love to get in, and I got in. Yeah. And are you with, have you, are you with your wife, Claire, at the time? Yeah, Obviously, Claire, you're, 14, yeah. Yeah, you were saying real yeah. young, yeah. Mm. Yeah, so can you remember saying to her, like, I'm going to be in the army? Yeah, she did. Shit, yeah. yeah well that's an interesting thing as well yeah. because we're now also in a time where young people are in relationships and they say oh, I want to do this I want that yeah. and the other person's going oh, you can't bleed and do that yeah. or I what think the I army was do? good because the army was sort of a career and then they yeah. say and that's the thing because my brother just retired recently from the army he did right. 20, 20 odd years 
he's on a pension now, you know. Yeah. So I sort of said, I missed out on that place. <laughs> you know? But I didn't. I did other things in my life. Yeah, you know course. what I mean? Yeah, but you yeah, do yeah. think, you think of, you know. Absolutely. But for me, talking to Clay about leaving the army was the problem because I was in a secure job where, mm. hang on a minute, I'm getting a regular wage here. I yeah. go to credit union in the army, get what you want. I can do 21 years here. You know, I go in, I was, I always ran, I was fit, you know, done the gym. The army was very good to me. I went to the World Military Games. I used mm. to train every day, you know. So it was great lifestyle for me. I did really, really like it. But it took years leave of absence. And I was teaching in the, in the schools, doing the transition years right. and stuff all over Ireland. And I started taxiing. And I said, hang on a minute. So I'm making as much taxiing in the weekend. I am my wages in the army and I'm yeah. not going back. And I said, well... If I can't just leave and do that, okay, maybe I'm going to coach. So I started mm. doing a bit of coaching. So I said to him, I said, look, I'm going to leave. But I had the taxi and I was thinking of setting the club up. Yeah. So she was all supporting me, you know, yeah. she didn't mind. You know, that's one thing I want to say about Claire, she doesn't ask, she doesn't ask for, for yeah. she's not one of them, you know, I want this, this and this, you know. Mm. So she was, yeah, look, if that's what you want and, you know, we can manage, we'll do it. So we yeah. gave it a go. And then um, I'd done that, that was 2002 to 2005, I sort of, Half teaching the cholester, driving the taxi, training in John Cavanagh's. And in 2005, I said, fuck it, I'll just open the club. We opened my fingers. Yeah. So you're, you're out with John. You're, you're at the yeah. original kind of the start yeah, so of SPG. Yeah, so what happened with John was, when I was still in the army, um, John Donnelly's dad, Peter Donnelly. Yeah. He trained everywhere, in every gym. And people don't realise, he's one of the first guys ever to do MMA. Yes. People yeah, don't yeah, know yeah. and he'd never tell you. And, and he brought me and John together. Mm. So I used to go out and train with John in the south. So he used to come over and train with me. And uh, I had a little club, and I think I was called some mad name, Full Circle, and he was a ride, some shit like that, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, So people always think I started with John, didn't. Yeah. Oh, I, I actually yeah. did think you started with John. No, no you, you, so you had, had your own I gym had at the time. I had my own gym, and I was right. making up bullshit with Peter Donnelly and, and Jerry O'Grady <laughs> and stuff. Was it really just bullshit? You were just like, what are we doing here? Looking at videos and killing each other, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then John really? actually came to me for grappling, because I was, I was a black belt in judo, and... Mm. Um, he was coming to me for groundwork. Yeah. Because that was always doing army fights. And we actually found a video, a VHS, and it's uh, actually, it's in 1999 of me, John Kavanagh, Bill McCann, Dave Roach, a few others, in a competition. You're kidding me. Yeah. And uh, and then me, John, and Dave training with Hodger Gracie. An wow. hour video long. You're kidding He was a blue belt or purple belt. Yeah. No way. Someone yeah. has to be able to get that onto digital. Yeah, and it's and a bit broken, but yeah, yeah. So I have bits of it. Yeah, yeah. Bill McCann, you're, you're a team rhino wrestling coach. Yeah. I didn't know you knew Bill that I long. I know Bill. So I know Bill since I did judo with Bill. And wow. I did the door, so I Bill in uh, Sadler Give for years. over. Yeah. And at the end of the night, uh, Bill used to say to me, right, um, <laughs> so at the time you got like 25 quid doing the door, and yeah. Bill said, right, I'll give you a tenner extra if you can beat me in a fight. And we used to clear all the chairs in the bar at night time. And I used to bleed and kill him. Yeah. Every every Saturday night. No all way. All the bar staff come around and on. Yeah. Bill, yeah. You are kidding yeah, me. Every, yeah, every week. Yeah, you know, yeah, with yeah. the CCTV yeah. there. Second yeah, hell. Bill, and that's one thing with Bill. Um, I have 100% respect for Bill. Yeah. Bill was done judo with me. And Bill was never a great competitor. But mm. always competed and always trained. And uh, and he's in that video with me. Fighting me 20 years ago. No way. In 1999, on that video. Wow. Yeah. If someone had said to you, like, it's 20 years... from the guard and arm bar. I didn't really... No way. Yeah, really? I, I, only, I only rang John when I found the video and I said to John, I said, I have a video of us training. And I'll tell you one thing, I said, we weren't bad. Yeah. When you look back and you think, I probably hadn't got a clear, we weren't bad. And I was looking at the positions we were doing. And Roger Romer had a race. He's one of the best ever in the world. He's one of the legends. Yeah. We're holding around with him. Like. Now, he, he does beat us up. Yeah. But we're holding around with him. And at the end of the tape, it's his seminar. He'll have a seminar, him oh, teaching no, the yeah, seminar. Andy. 
Jeez. I must give you the videos to piss about with them. Yeah, yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There has to be someone yeah. who can do something with that. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, but what's your what's your fondest memory about those times? Was it the kind of simplicity and the yeah. unknown? Like yeah. you were just really like didn't I, know I, what was I, going on. I remember on. going up to the north. Um, Tom Lamont was holding an MMA event up there. And uh, I think it was, it could have been 2000 or 99, around that time. Yeah. And Lee Hasdale was over and the mats were down and, and uh, you stood all beside each other. See, it was roughly the same height. And you fought each other, so you can have three fights in the yeah, game. Yeah. But it was like the rules are made up to okay, we let you strike to the head for the first exchange and then it's grappled, or you go to the ground, you can strike for the mm. first ten seconds. I wore a judo suit. I know I had no groin guard or, or gum shield, because I never wore one in judo. And I got there, I had to get into someone's uh, groin guard and someone's gum shield <laughs> from their mouth. So John Donnelly had a spare dirty one. So what I did was at the start of the fight, I put it in my mouth, and as your man called Tony to go, I spit it into my jacket. And then because I wore the judo jackets, most fellas would grab me. I used to throw them and just arm lock them. Yeah. And I think I arm locked everyone so that this day. this MMA? MMA, You were yeah. fighting MMA in a, in a judo gi. Yeah, so I fought in the Europa Hotel in judo gis. Like, yeah, yeah. But it was great because you didn't know who you were fighting. It's like pride. Yeah, you didn't know who you were fighting until you got there. Fucking and you stood beside hell. each other. And you could have one fight, two fights, three yeah. fights. I remember Rodney Moore telling me that. He said, I used to just turn up and someone go, you look this size I nearly fought game. Rodney. Um, one of the shows when we all come up to fight and... Um, Rodney was there, he only came back from America. Yeah. And I, they were asking me to fight, and I had a big dinner eating. I said, not telling me to eat dinner, like, I'm not fighting. <laughs> and that's when I first met Rodney, you know, yeah. he got me back. But yeah, we, that was a great time. He used to go up to the Europa then, and I remember the Europa, and I'm fighting some of them in Galway. Just told him fighting him that day. Yeah. Never seen him. Toy boxer, I had my judo suit on. He was a toy boxer. It was great. There was no bullshit. There was no hassle. If you won, you lost, won, you lost, you lost. No big deal. Yeah. You know, and everyone who we helped out, the lads of the North run the show. Yeah, yeah, uh, backstage. yeah. That was great. Then I really, really enjoyed that time. What? That's like what a memory to have. Like yeah. that's so special. Yeah, yeah. Do, do you miss that? Do you miss that? That it's all you know with the sport. Obviously, the sport is grown, it. but try, it's complicated now. I try you know? and keep. I, I talk to cows when I talk to Dino when I talk to lads in Cork when I talk to. I try and keep it like that. Yeah. Another great one was in Killarney was a great one. They had this uh, World Organization of Martial Arts, yeah. and it's in the Glen Eagles, right? So it's all the styles, and it was these unbelievable kids doing backflips with fucking canes and fell into swords it was like unbelievable and he had a, a grappling section mm. and he had an MMA section so in the grappling section we all went down and we all won got these beautiful war medals fighting for us from America and Ireland rules were made up half, half on the day and I was fighting I said right I was fighting this MMA fight there was only mm. two of us because it was black belts so me and this guy from America and he's had to be telling the lads that they're spending 10 grand on training camp and three months off and they were organising the rules on the day and the rules were that uh we could strike standing all right. Um, I could wear my suit. He could he couldn't low kick and then okay, he could low kick, that come in then he could low kick. But when we went to the ground you could only strike for fifteen seconds and then you had to grapple. Right. Or get back to your feet. So I said, Right. And a mate of mine, Roger Mortimer, he's mad and he very he used to be a very fit sort of fella. He had a bad accident but he was hyper, you know. Mm. And he's running up and down the place. He said to me, Oh, you wanna see a man hitting the pads are in trouble? <laughs> Jesus, you're going to, don't let this fella hit you, he's going to knock you out. And I'm trying to warm up the grill to fight, you know, and I'm yeah. warming up with John. And I said, well, I wear the bleeding suit because they all grab you. Yeah. So he went to punch me, he grabbed me in a trim and I arm locked him like in 10 a seconds. seconds. Yeah. And I broke his arm, you know. And the fight's <laughs> over and that man had spent 10 grand. But that was like, it was made up on the day. There was, no, there was no like training camp. There was yeah. no, you know, we were there. We were grappling the day before. That day we were doing the MMA. Dave Roach fought. Dave McGarville, John Donnelly fought. Ray Steers, my judo coach, came down. He fought in the Masters division. 
he fought this fella, came out with a gold belt and loads of bars on. And <laughs> that was a grappling rules, but it was brilliant. It was brilliant. If only I was around in those yeah. times. Like, but there was no shit. We all went down and we stayed. We, we were down there, I think, for four Do days. Do I hit the session then after, yeah? That's what it was. Everyone went to drink after, wasn't it? Brilliant. Yeah, it was yeah. great. All, all of that fought each other that day. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant, yeah. 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 That's what you want. And there were some characters. There was a couple of mad fellas down there. It was, it was a great bit of laugh. I'd say so, yeah. yeah. Do you know, the, you know there's like a big argument for jiu-jitsu, judo, muay thai, kickboxing, yeah. you know, which is the the premier martial art? Like, which is the dominant of, of all in MMA? Do you have an opinion on that? MMA? Yeah. MMA, mm. you know. Because um, no. people, it's still, it's, still a, it's still a pub conversation, you yeah. know. Oh, grappling, wrestling out wins, you no, know. MMA, you, like, uh, you see fellas that are really good jiu-jitsu players or really good strikers, they get beaten by a wrestler or they get, you know, the, the real good jiu-jitsu fella gets, can't take the guy down. The no, yeah. MMA for it. You mm. know? And that's the way it's evolved. There is no really toy boxer jiu-jitsu player. Most of the top guys, they're MMA fighters. Yeah. That's what they do. They don't go in toy boxing. They don't go into jiu-jitsu most of the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, you get a couple of people that, that change over. But I don't think they win the big fights. Yeah. You know? Or they become MMA fighters. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, for me anyway. What What is it that you instill in your lads, the pro guys, that are with, say, people like The Butcher, Miles Price, Work, work ethic. Work. Mm. you got to train hard. you got to put the work in. You know, um, I'm always trying to learn. I'm always asking. I was on to a friend of mine, Karen Ward. He, he's the Irish Olympic coach for the judo and asked him. And then I rang Carrot Brown and, and the t- guys that run I'm after two guys, the chairman yeah, the and the president. Yeah, the guys, yeah. Well, they were Olympians. Like, right. Oh, yeah, Carrot Brown yeah, was, wasn't he? Was it, was it judo? Both of them, yeah. Judo, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, Kerry, he won a bronze medal in the mm. Los Angeles. So they know what it is to be a top athlete. So they put me in contact with uh, Nigel Donahue, who was the Olympic coach in England and he's telling me how they train and what they do and he said look it's 25 hours a week mm. broken down that's what they do that's what, that's what it is you know yeah. and then I try and break down when they're allowed to say look it's 24 you know it's whatever 24 hours you count up the hours you're doing the fella said to me I'm doing 30 I'm doing 15 well, yeah. you're probably doing 30 you waste your fucking time or you're not you're not mm. Fellas going to the gym for 3 hours is a load of bollocks you, know you what think I mean? so yeah yeah well what yeah. are you going to do so say well this is it yeah if, 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 if we went to did our weights this morning, 45 minutes, mm. your weight's done. Then you go to your jits class, it's an hour and a half. But that hour and a half, you're not going full on killing for 90 minutes. You're doing your, your warm-up, yeah. you're doing your te- technique, you might do a half an hour rolling, mm. and you do your stretching. So yeah. it's, the, the, the intensity and level is, is up and down. And you and I are on these coast, you probably train certain hours. Mm. Like if you were to train... 10 hours a day full on you wouldn't be able to walk three days later no, you know? absolutely so not. them six hour sessions are probably broke up over the day yeah and in them six hour sessions there's probably a lot of stretching and recovery and technical work involved you know what I mean mm. you know so I think for me with the lads once they work and train hard that's what I want yeah Give, giving you giving you the best of their ability I suppose yeah, yeah. Um, do you buy into um, you were saying there about the training um, do you buy into the, the theory that if you're going to be a professional fighter that you can't work full-time? No. Do you think you need to dedicate yourself to the sport fully? No, yeah. Or can you work? It's impossible unless you can make a match. Of course you can work, yeah. Yeah. Well, you look at a lot of the, a lot of the Olympic athletes, a lot of them do work. They probably take well, so the many... Well, the thing is, with Neil, Neil Siri, I mean, he yeah. was heading off to fight yeah. the UFC and it, he was still in the bleeding... Yeah, I think if he was job. younger, he could have taken time off. And I think mm-hmm. what a lot of lads do is, you see... A lot of, if you look at Olympian athletes, or look at athletics, or look at Rowan, and look at them, mm. most were in colleges, aren't they? Yeah. And that's where they sort of, they, they're doing, they're not just 
doing that rowing or that running there in college or they mm. could be working or they could be trying to be solicitors or barristers. So they're probably working most of the year or probably working in coffee shops or whatever to yeah. survive. But come that training time, you know, they, they probably take time off. Because mm. like, a lot of athletes don't get uh, grants. You know, so how can they? So, so they have to work. Yeah. But you've got to learn to work and train. Would you like to see a grant scheme come in for MMA? Yeah, but it's for or for combat sports athletes. Well, it's not. It's in for boxing and judo. But it's mm. only if you win the world medals and stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, Do you think it works well? Do you think it's a it's a it's a good system or is it a flawed system? We'll say. With I don't boxing. know too much about it anymore. Mm. You know, I'm too long over. But I know that the, the associations probably get money and individual. We I got money when it was in 2000. It wasn't you got a few grand each and and that was the happier expenses for traveling yeah. and stuff. You know. Well, I think we got it's still not a lot though, no, is it? No. It's expensive, especially no, with like jiu-jitsu and competing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Jiu-jitsu, jiu-jitsu competitions now, what you're looking at, Europeans, 150 euro to enter, yeah. to fight. Then you have your flights, you have your accommodation. Because yeah. 95% of them are, are it's a hobbyist. Mm. Like how many going to the Euros are, are out there to be that number one? 2%. Start, it's that small black belt division mm. on the last day. Yeah. And the weight categories aren't packed out. There's not like 50 in each weight category. Yeah. You know, where the... Brown belt or the purple belt, there could be 70 in it, the young adults. Mm. But, you know, most of them are in college or working, you know what I mean? Yeah. It is hard. A big... Um, like the East Coast lads, the lads that are serious, do they work? Do no, they well, they, 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 they work as in they work in the gym. So they're, they're yeah. teaching the classes yeah. and stuff, do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's only a small percentage, it's only a handful yeah. of them, do you know what yeah. I mean? Um, a, a lot... Uh, a lot of think times on this podcast, um, you know, with the different kind of characters that we get coming in and the different um, professions that people are in, yeah. I always ask them about life purpose and yeah. about, you know, do they, you know, what what their their understanding of life purpose is? Do you believe in life purpose and do you believe that you're kind of fulfilling it at the moment? That's a really hippie question, isn't it, for me? Yeah, but I want to get you real deep. Explain and a bit I more. To open you up what do you there. mean by that? Like life life purpose that you were born for a particular reason. Um, or that you were that the, the idea of life purpose is that everyone is given, everyone is here and is has the ability to achieve greatness yeah. in their lives, yeah. and they just have to tap in and find what that that greatness is. And do you think that what you're doing now is that that your life purpose? And do you think that you're fulfilling it so that you're you're fulfilling your life purpose as in you're meant to be Andy Ryan, Team Rhino, coach, yeah. guiding all these yeah. guys? I think um, when I look back and I say. Um, I remember a couple of conversations. So, my judo coach, Norman Caprani, I still mm. train with him to this day. He's in his 70s. I'm going running in the morning with him. And he said to me, like, we're having this conversation, I think it was 1999. Yeah. We're running, and I had gotten teeth out, and I was told I can't fight. And the associates said, You have to fight, and blah, 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 because you're going to be on the squad. And he's mm. telling me, Fuck the judo, there's more. Other. And I'm saying, No, you can never walk away from judo. That's my life and everything. The year later, I was gone. You know yeah. what I mean? So, Little things from that. Then another conversation with me as an athlete learning stuff away and then sitting back now and saying, I'm looking back and saying, I fought the wrong ways when I was younger. I fought mm-hmm. the wrong competitions. I was always about trying to lose this weight to fight 81s. And I remember Jerry O'Grady, God rest him, passed away. So he used to say to me, you're too big for that. You're not this... Okay, they might be taller than you, but you have big legs, you have big shoulders. You're not an 81 fighter. You're a 90 kilo fighter. I fought mm-hmm. you at 90... So I never made it to the level I could have made it as an athlete. I know that now. And then I say, well, maybe my job as a coach, maybe I learned all the mistakes and made all the, you know, picked all that information up so I can teach that now to my students. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe that is my job, is to be a successful coach. Okay, yeah. I was a successful judo player in Ireland and 
I think I won the, the, the senior championships about 10 times and you know I represented Ireland all over the world but it never I never met like I was looking at me international record and I think I lost like 9 or 10 fights in a row yeah. and I was saying okay why did I lose them 9 or 10 fights in a row it would be like say the equivalent of you're training right in East mm. Coast right and then next week they say to you you're doing the Black Belt Worlds next week yeah. and you say well hang on a minute I haven't prepared for that yeah. so I was thrown in the deep end Made fight 81 kilos, a really 90 kilo player, never reached me potential, didn't get battered, but lost the fights. Mm. And you look on paper, say I was fucking very bad international. Yeah. At that standard, you know, the standard back, I was good. Could I have been better? Yes, I could have been better. I had a having, I was the only senior in my club. I hadn't got a coach. You know what I mean? I did everything. There was, my club was put the mats down, the money and the tourists. So I had mm. to travel clubs around Ireland. And then when you went to competition, you had to go to that proper coach and with you. I remember going to a camp in, in Germany one year and I was trying to qualify for the Olympics and I'm going to Germany, this camp, it was the Olympic year and I hadn't qualified and I said, fuck it. And I get there in January and I'm on the mat and in the morning, it's 10 spars in the morning, lunch hour, it's technique, evening time, it's 10 spars, massive judo gym, cameras in the scene, record every workout that's going on for that stuff. The Germans and the Austrians are coming off after every round, getting their blood taken, some are being put on bikes, some are being put back in. I'm there getting battered, I'm on my own. Mm. And the Belgian coach calls me, hey, crazy Irish guy, come here. What are you doing? I said, you know, scrapping. No, 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 you stay with us. You're doing three today, you're going to do four tonight. We're, doing, we're running that lunch hour. And then tomorrow we see what your heart rate is like and we see are you ready to continue, you know. Yeah. I had none of that shit. And, I was, and then I said, that's why I was so bad and I was getting beaten and I hadn't got that preparation and stuff. So when you say that life purpose, maybe I learned all them mistakes and done all that travelling, so now I can feed that information to my guys. You know what I mean? Yes. And maybe I can make I can get to where I was as a coach to where I didn't get mm. as a fighter. You know. Yeah. And, and I was only thinking that the other day, and I was saying, um, Claire and the kids always slag me saying I have little legs, right? Standing up, right? Look. And he is now standing up. I have big legs. <laughs> big, legs right? Right. big legs, right? I can confirm Andy has big legs. But they mean as in short, right? Yeah. So I say, why have I got little chicken legs and look at them hanging off the couch and I said, I fucking I don't have long legs. <laughs> so I'm, I go to this weightlifting um, course to yeah. get certified to do weightlifting because I think it's the weightlifting is unbelievable. I think it's anyone that does any type of combat sport should be able to Olympic lift, clean and jerk, snatch because they're all explosive movements and yeah. you've got to be supple. And your man said to me, he says, uh, you're very supple, he said, and you, you can squat right down. I said, well, I've done a bit of powerlifting and I've done the judo and all. He said, yeah, he said, you're built for Olympic lifting. He said, you have short legs and a long body. <laughs> I said, the bastard. I went home, told Claire and the kids, so the fuckers are going to tell me you have little legs. We told you, I told you. I said, the fuck, you know. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Well played, Claire and the kids. Bastards, you know. But listen to me, talk to me about family life for a second, because yeah. it's very important to you, isn't it? Like yeah, your, it is, your relationship yeah. with Claire and yeah. with the kids yeah. is, you're always on your social media and talking about... Yeah, and none of the bastards do MMA or Jiu-Jitsu or that, any martial arts. Is no, that sorry, a bone of contention? Would you have liked the no, two girls they all have done danced, something? They all danced. Yeah. Uh, when they were smaller, Detroit, they were very good. Yeah. Actually, Sophie was trying to get her even to do Taekwondo because she's fucking flexible and can do kicks. And she yeah. can stand up and do that kick and spin around the place. And you Incredible. know what? I We're even learning. It took her something to tell you and she'll do it. Yeah. And she's tough as nails, you know, that she's tough and strong. And mm -hmm. I say, yeah, I would have liked them to do it. And my when you meet me and people see me, I remember Chris Dell, you know, Chris from yeah. Chris from America. Chris comes to Ireland, he sees me in the gym and big tough fella doing martial arts. Then he comes to my house then. Yeah. 
and my house is stage school. My house is stage school singing hairdressers. <laughs> uh, you know, I won't tell you what else is in the house. You know, and a load of chihuahuas and little chihuahuas toy miniature and dogs. Little small dogs. And, yeah. And, and there's nothing in my house to say martial arts at all, you know. Yeah. And he said, I come here. And he said, I come to your house. He said, it's not like what you think, it was, you know. And I decided to declare to the girls, and I said, listen, I said, I'm getting a portrait of me and me black belt in my suit over that fireplace. <laughs> I paid for this house. There's nothing. They are just laughing me, you know what I mean? But they, you ha- they have your rap, though. Yeah, well, I love it. I think family, family life is very important. Yeah. You know, family life is, is, is the main thing, isn't it? Did yeah. you have a good family environment when oh, you grew I, up yourself? I had a great... Yeah, it's, I'd love to... You know, people say all these stories... Um, Oh, I'm got a hard life, and mm. you know I was bleeding, running around with no shoes on, and yeah. I was, you know, fucking eating, bleeding, cardboard boxes. Now yeah, I was brought up very well. My man and dad um, worked their ass off for us to have a good life. Mm. Um, I got on very well with my dad, trained the gym. My dad, yeah. my dad's only sixty-eight, so I'm forty-six. So it's not a big age difference. And when mm. we're, he was forty, I was, you know, eighteen. Like so, yeah. it's not a massive. And he would train at the gym with me. He does weights. He still trains now. He's, he's very fit, very fit. But they would have working for us, so I would have been going to France as a kid for competition. I would have been going to Italy on planes in Spain. I'd never been on a plane with them. Yeah. They had never gone, but they sent me. Mm. So I was very lucky. My man used to go up in the morning at six in the morning to bring me training. So at a certain stage in my life, I, I trained double, so I would train before I went to school. Yeah. So I was sort of sixth class and then fourth year, second year in secondary school. So she would go up, middle of bleeding winter, drop me to training. Mm. You know, I train, then I get the bus to school and I get the bus straight to training and then... I didn't have to ask I mean, that, you know? it, at that time in the, in those moments are you a, are you aware of how lucky no, you are and how no. yeah it's only when you look back on you it look is back, it yeah, you look back mm. yeah you look back yeah yeah but my man they are very driven in work you know you don't go sick from work you know you do well in school you know you're respectable you know you hold mm. the door open with people thanks please you know someone gets on the bus and I remember uh, an, an older person you get up I remember um, when Claire was pregnant it was 21 years ago and I'm on the bus coming home with her mm. and um See this woman getting on the bus, and I get up to sit down. And the fellow went to sit in the seat. I said, "Don't bleed and move." I said, to and the woman said, "That's all right, son." I'm getting on and I said, "Sit down. You're sitting on the seat." And I bleed and looked at the fellow. You know, because yeah, he's yeah, seen this woman getting on the bus, but yeah. we were reared now. Right yes way. or no, so the right way, you yeah. know, and stand up for yourself, you know. Mm. If I come in and I was, and I was younger and so and so was it hit me, get back out and hit him back, you know. Well, this is something because I, I mean, I grew up like I was never in a the first fight I was ever in was when I started jiu jitsu. Do you know what I mean? I was never yeah. in a fight, and that that's something that like oh, I love hearing from you know Dublin North, yeah. especially North North inner city or North North Dublin, the lads would say. I, I remember coming in and I would say, Ma, he's after giving me a thump and she just picked me up and she go, right, back out yeah, to that green. Yeah, yeah. Defend yourself. Don't yeah. come back in here. But, until but, you... but if, if, was, if you done something wrong or if you started a fight, you get a clip in the ear. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. You wouldn't, you know. And it, like that's one thing where uh, like my parents would have never, like, um, if the school teacher gave out to your aunt and it's for a reason. Yeah. School teacher gave out doing something wrong and you, my mom would defend you, like, you mm. know. Yeah. Um, I was a daydreamer school, always messing and stuff. And, mm. But I was never bad. I was always like stupid stuff, mm. you know. And I was in school one day and I was about to be a mess. And I tried to get into the tour year disco and I was, you weren't allowed to. Four second years, went to go to tour year disco. Yeah. And I'm oh, sorry, the four second tour years were together and we went into the fourth, fifth, and sixth. And I tried to get into it and the, sec- uh, the principal caught me and didn't let me get in. And I said, right, anyway. So I got suspended for like detention for a week or yeah, something like that that's right? not that bad right no Yeah. so then we're all in the assembly room one day and there's a school trip to France and my man said you want to go we get the money for the I said right so there's 150 kids and only 100 could go or something like that you know mm. or 50 could go and I got picked to go and I'm coming out of the class smiling and 
bath up, uh, Mr. Savage said, uh, he said, hey, what are you smiling for, Ryan? I said, I'm getting picked to go to France, so take that smile out of your face, you're going nowhere. <gasps> Just to be vindictive. Mm. When my man came down, stood up me, told him, you know, you're, yeah. a fucking, you're, you're a rattler, you know what I mean? She tried to put him in his place. Fair play to where it, yeah. Other people would know, that's the principles in charge. Oh, and yeah, and, you know, and you know. he's right, yeah. and, you know. Mm. Or, or, or go, well, he is a rat, but say nothing. Yeah. Which is worse, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So I was always like that, and always, uh, I always worked as well. I always, mm. was, as a young kid, I asked me my house, and he said, we the other day, like, I used to go into town and buy apples and try and sell them, or I used to sell the Christmas trees and I used to do the collect the bottles and yeah. every bleeding stupid job going. Yeah. I think I wanted to be older before my time, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I sort of regret it. I said, no, I should have. I love school. But I, you know. Do they ever tell you how proud All the time, uh, yeah. they are of yeah. you? Yeah. Can you remember the first time that your mum or your dad said that they were pro- they had a bit of pride or they were proud of you? No, but uh, she only, only said that recently the whole lot of us, like, uh, my dad had a bit of an accident in the summer. Um, he fell off a ladder and he mm. got a bleed in his brain. He busted his leg. And yeah. so he was ill, but we were all helping out. My man said, just let you know, we're very proud of you. It's the whole lot of us, you know? Because mm. we, we're very peculiar as in, everyone grows up and moves away. So yeah. in, where my house is, my man's house is, I built the house about 10 doors away. My right. brother and little sister live on the same road. We're all, every one of us is 30 seconds from each other. Yeah. In the same estate, you know? Mm. Lads in the gym, Steve O'Toole, Liam O'Toole, Reds are... We're all in the one little area. Mm. It's mental, you know what I mean? It is, but it's, it's also apparent when you meet you, when you know you. Yeah. I know you five years now, yeah. and that's why I'm talking about the relationship with the lads in the gym, family, yeah. connection, yeah. you know, that sort of brotherhood. Yeah. It's it's something that kind of fills yeah, of you, you know, yeah. that's that's what you're about, that's yeah. your, your ethos, you yeah, know? Yeah, I think so. I think so, and it obviously derived from that strong family upbringing yeah. that you had. Yeah, we were always, yeah, we always, always worked hard and always sort of, you know, we did every sport. Like I, I played hurling for Trinity Gales and boxed for Trinity Boys and to take uh, Kempo and, and Donamid and under judo and mm. I always did something, you know, in the area. We're always involved with the area, sports in the area. Yeah. The whole family, like. My sister played Camogie, my brother was in the boxing club. The two younger brothers played soccer, basketball. We were always involved. Yeah. You know? When you think about your own children, what, what kind of hopes would you have for them for the future? Um, healthy... Mm. Success. I, li- I like them to be successful, but I like them to travel and see the world. Um, my youngest one um, has like a like a Cronin's. It's uh, right. what do you call that? Bleeding? It's, I don't know, Crohn's disease. Yeah, it's like that. It's yeah. there's no cure for so it's like a bell disease thing. And she's saying, I want to travel to Australia now, but what? Because she goes to hospital every four weeks to get treatment. I said, you have that treatment in Australia, you can get it. Yeah. The world's a small place now, yeah. so I want them having no 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 nothing to stop them. Mm. But I want them to travel, see the world, enjoy their life. Don't get bogged down. You know, come out of school, you know, your life is over. You know what I mean? Mm. Some shitty job. No big panic. Yeah. You go back to school anytime you Absolutely. want. College and stuff. No pressure. No mm. pressure. And be nice people. Yes. You know, um, I would have been very, a lot of years ago very competitive and I'm not going to smash your fucking head in. I'm not mm. trying my horse. She's a girl. Waste my bleed. Yeah. You can't be like that. You know, you got to no. be open minded a little bit. Yeah. Think it's nice. funny that you did have that mindset when you were younger and then you ended I up did, having I did, two children. I, I did when I was <laughs> two, yeah, two daughters. Two daughters, yeah, yeah. And that's the guy I think as well. Like, yeah. you know. Do you ever regret not having a son? No. Or would you have liked a son? No. no. Well, you've got about bleeding 300 yeah. of them. No, because that, that would be wrong to say on the girls. You know, I remember yeah. when uh, when I was having Sophie and um, one of the lads said to me, oh, there's, there's a girl, you'd regret that. I said, no, mm. she's held she's beautiful little girl. Absolutely. Why would I regret that? Yeah. No not meant to be it's not meant to be you know yeah I know I always say to the kids I say 
she's going to get rid of your man, I'm going to get one of them Russian models in, I said, and I'll have loads of boys and I'll have a little machine and all. They said, you're a bored shit, you don't even go out. Who would have you? What, do you want to go now, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good banter that you have yeah, them. You have but, to. But you listen, have to. I, the, the, I want to talk very briefly about the relationship that you have with Claire because it is actually yeah. something that's very admirable, the fact that yeah. you have been together since you were children yeah. and have remained not only in a in what seems like a happy, healthy yeah. relationship, but good mates, yeah. good, good crack between the yeah, two of you. You go through your hard times and, you know, I suppose like everything when um Roy had when we went full time at the gym mm. and then I opened a big gym in Baldoyle. Yeah. And we we had just we had sold a house and made a few quid in it and we were moving and we were actually building a house and then I lost all our savings, yeah. you know. We built a big used gym, fucking two floors. What SBG have now I had ten yeah, years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you saying. I think I lost two hundred grand. Fucking know? hell, Andy. Yeah. And another fellow's involved me and all our savings and it was gone and I ended up in intensive care in hospital. From that? Yeah. From the stress of us? Yeah, because I, I, was, I was running, I had gone from paying a thousand pound a month rent in a sports hall, you know, a little room, running the club to all of a sudden I was paying four grand in rent plus VAT, plus mm. electricity, plus everything. I think it was, I think I needed to be bringing in 15 grand a month to cover wages and I was bringing in four. Oh, right, Something like that. Can you know you had something sports? And at the time, the Celtic Tiger was just further, further going and mm. all these small Ben Dunn gyms were opening. Yeah. They're charging 20 quid a month and all. And for about three months I couldn't bleed and breathe, you know? Yeah. I was getting this pain in my bleeding chest and I was doing a lot of heavy lifting. I said, maybe it's because of that I'm doing the power lifting. We're having a Christmas party and I said to Richie Moore, I said, Richie, you have to go home, drop us home. I said, Claire, you stay there. My man, Dan, I was there. Because even the gym we had, we had like, at the, we had the big gym, we had a weightlifting gym in it and a bodybuilding type of thing mm. and we had the team Rhino. Yeah. Thing as well, and it was called SBG Northside at the time, but it was like a commercial sort of gym as yeah. well. So, when we had parties and stuff, we all the, my parents and everyone's parents were there, yeah. and Wayne Fagan's dad was actually doing the karaoke in the night, and it was Brilliant. a great bit of laugh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I went home, and um, I said, Claire, you stay there. Claire didn't even know where I was. She was all in my mans and all that night. They were all partying, the lads in the gym. I was in intensive care. I got myself into the, into the hospital, I can't remember getting in. But I remember being in there and I'm sitting in the chair and your man is saying to me, look, did you take drugs? Did you take cocaine around? Yeah. I said, I didn't even have a drink, I said. Mm. I said, I went to the Christmas party, went straight home, I can't breathe. So I do my blood and said, no, there, there's some level in your blood, over 200 is dangerous. Mm. You're at 1,500. Oh, sweet Jesus. So s- straight up to intensive care. So I had to read my man and say, Look, will you let me manage? Don't worry, because a year before that, my brother was in a car crash, mm. and, he, and then the year before that, I lost a brother, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. said, Don't worry when you come up, and you come up, and there's me with bleeding pipes and machines all over me. And uh, there for a couple of days, brought me out, put me on a running machine, dummy stress test, and said, Look, your heart is 100%, your lungs are 100%, your body just told him what I was doing in the gym, and your body just said, Look, stress, I have enough. Fuck. Had to walk away with me. I lost a fortune, had to walk away with me. But walked away with me life, you know? Yeah. And the stress of it was unhuman. Mm. But Claire stuck through that, you know, it was hard for her at the time. Absolutely. Hard for her and, and then see me going back into that with the gyms and stuff, but yeah, you know. What do you think the secret to having that that, that longevity in yeah. relationship has been? We don't live in each other's pockets, so you're not like we have to have our space. She has her dance and I have the gym. She helps run the Donnelly gym. She's her own a click down there, they're all they're all little that's our little thing down yeah. there. But, you know, I support her. She supports me, what we do. Um, it's never just what I want. It's You know what I mean? Mm. And I like the kids to get what they can get. Like I work, I, that's one thing we'll be trying to do. We work our arses off to get so, 
we got a lot of work done the house there recently. We built a house 15 years ago. And we, but every penny we put in ourselves, we didn't get loans. We worked hard for it. Yeah. Um, but Claire would never ask. So I decided to Claire, you need to get rid of that car. It's a heap of shit. I don't want one. Mm. You need to have take my care. No, that one's great, you know. Yeah. So she's not one of them that asks all the time. Yeah, once for nothing. Once for nothing. Yeah. And I do something she supports me. She we're not we're not a big drinker, I don't go out mad or she goes out with her friends. I'm not one of them fellas saying, Oh, you gotta be in here at twelve o'clock. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Some of that stuff. Trust and, and a bit of respect for each other, I think, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. That's the main thing, isn't it? Do you see do you see relationships ruin many careers in terms of I see fellas in the gym when they come to the gym and the wife are that's the fucking culture in there. Mm. That bleeding Andy rifle has you <laughs> brainwashed, right? Yeah. And, and they and they say, Well, what do they want you to do? Well they want one of the fellas, his wife wants him when he comes home from work. To sit there and watch all the, the soaps all night, and that's it. Like a dickhead. Yeah. And, and mm. we say, well, what the fuck, like? Yeah. You know, like, Claire goes to her gym in the morning, she goes to the stuff. Imagine me stopping that way, not going to the gym. Yeah, I want in you that, to watch Beating Coronation Street. No, be in the house, make them, make them beds and clean this, and you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't wind her up now, she just, I just say, say something the house, say, don't know, the bins, oh, that's your job. Don't start that. <laughs> but I say, you're the woman of the house, you know? <laughs> Yeah. I think respect, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. 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 Wrapping up, last question, always ask us, what's your perception of happiness or what's your idea of happiness with everything that you know to date? Um, Perception? I don't know. What is happiness to you? I'm I'm happy now, so my, I think, family life, if you're, if you're, if if things are going right in family, and even when things are going wrong, but you have the kids are all right, yeah. and I, I do two things. So when I when I had that big crash with the gym, I lost a fortune, and you know things were hard, and and I I do two things that make me sort of it's a stupid thing. I pay the mortgage in the house and I pay the rent in the gym. When I do them things, I don't give a fuck, right? Because yes. now I say right, the gym is paid, and the rent the the mortgage is paid in the house. Nobody can come near you. And else after that is extra, isn't it? Really, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if that's done, and the kids are are doing their dancing and. They're doing well in school and things like that. That's happy for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not about winning medals or fancy gyms or fancy cars. That's the lack of it. I'd rather see... I'm happy when I see fellas doing good. You know mm. what I mean? So it's the little things, I think. I think it changes as you get older as well. Yeah. yeah you look at life a little bit different. You know what I mean? After you have kids or just when you get I think older? I think when you get older, I think. I think you look a bit like... I, I could drive down the road now and... Someone could be beeping and roaring at me, and I just wave at them. Yeah. Twenty years ago, I would have chased them down, dragged them out of the car, and killed them. <laughs> I, and I would have. Yeah. I would have. You know, I, I would have having that name and done it. But don't look at Andy Ryan or on the doors or even in the MMA world, the Jiu-Jitsu world. You know. Yeah. It's not till you talk to us, though. We're not. You know, I'm not yeah. as bad as you. you know what I mean? Not at all. Yeah, yeah. You're a big pussy cat. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, you still stand up and hold your own ground. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So I, I, I'm a very happy person at the moment. Yeah. I am the last couple of years, I suppose, because my kids are, are good, family life is good, mm. the lads in the gym are doing well for themselves. You know, I'm here talking to you. I'm not I'm not stuck somewhere. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. enjoying life. I think I'm enjoying life. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for no coming problem. in. I enjoyed it. That was excellent. Enjoyed good it. insight. A lot of stuff there that I didn't yeah. know about you. There you are. Good to find out. And, yeah. and, uh, so you start talking shit with these things. I know, ears. yeah. See, it's a little That's trick, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah really yeah, good. Yeah. Um, but listen, what's next for you now in terms of the gym and all the lads? So we have Cade Roy's Academy next week. Oh, shit, yeah. We didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're coming yeah. down. Well, if I'm booked, yeah. I'm coming. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so did. that's it. Um, 
And I wouldn't mind not that we struggled at least 22 fights in so the card. So Cage Warriors Academy is a spin, an amateur spin-off off the main Cage, Cage Warriors, Warriors yeah, brand yeah. and you're the promoter over here in yeah, Ireland. Yeah. And the next show was in Belfast. The Devonish. The Devonish, yeah. yeah. And we've 21 fights and nearly every fight is from the south. Fantastic. Not really, because... No? Do we not think, we, no? We want more people from the north on. Okay. Plus the Dublin matches on the same night. Oh, so that might kill us. We were nearly going to cancel the show and I said, no, we can't cancel it because... The fellas that have worked hard, you know what I mean? So, yeah, keep it going. We'll see what happens. Cage Warriors, the main show is back in November. Oh, sorry. Well, let's give yeah. that a little before yeah. we go a little bit of heat. That's brilliant. I, I, I rarely tweet, but I tweeted about the, my support for that show yeah. coming back and for, for Graham. And they will be back more often, Good. not just in Cork. That's you, you have a little bit of an insight, yeah, do you? Not just Great. in Cork, yeah. Good yeah. stuff. So, that means there's a Dublin show coming. Not, I don't think Dublin but at the moment, but. Right. Yeah. Can we get into the reasons why there won't be a Dublin show? I or? just think I just think we're, we're probably where like I suppose we have a good base in Belfast, so hopefully we're going to go to yeah. Belfast. I think they might. That's the vibe I'm getting. Okay, brilliant. So I think um, that's our goal is to sort of push the. It needs the to be supported. Yeah. It needs to yeah. be supported. A little yeah. bit of diversity. In, in, I know in the, the Polaris is trying to get to Dublin. Oh, uh, yeah. If anyone in the Helix, anyone knows anyone in the Helix, ratting, you know, open your doors and it's not an MMA event. Yeah. They've been ringing around venues. They need a good seat in theatre, mm. and Polaris is unbelievable, and they want to come to Dublin. Absolutely, and it's a good positive uh, brand. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. that's something that we need is more venues. Yeah, there's a lack of venues, yeah. Um, yeah. not only for MMA but for all combat for sports. Yeah, for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyone out there has a good venue with seating, yeah. about thousand seats. Or you might think about investing in your give, own venue give, there. Yeah, <laughs> a little build a little venue in yeah, Vegas there. Yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah why not? Give players a show. Absolutely, yeah. Well, listen, um, we'll see you next weekend. Cage Warriors Yeah, and Bellator then. And Bellator. Um, Who's on Bellator for have, you, Miles uh, Price? No, so we have uh, Keith Butch McCabe and Ian, Ian uh, Colin McLaughlin, where he's called, yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely, Ian yeah. Butch is yeah. back. Yeah, so we have the two of them on. And uh, Miles is on in November in London. Oh, very good. So he's not on the Irish cards. No, right, no. very good. And obviously Paul is out. We wish Paul all the best. Yeah. And we'll be having a little press day in... O'Shea's bar probably the week before. Come on, so Bellator. We'll we will for um, air lads fighting in Bellator. We're going to do a little press day, right? Amazing, very good. That's, yeah. that's well, I just said I just said that the lad, Bill works there, so I said, Bill, give him yeah. the place a couple of hours. We'll avoid to like yourself and whoever the other is meeting yeah. down. I'll be there. Get the lads to throw a few chicken wings on. Interview the lads. I'll definitely be yeah. there for a few chicken yeah. wings. Absolutely. So we'll get, we get we have uh, we we'll have the butcher. We we'll have Ian. And we'll have Moyles there talk about his yeah. show. And we'll have Red there talk about his injury. So, yeah. Good, good stuff. Yeah. Be, be, I, I, I know that we were like wrapping up here, but very quickly, yeah, no uh, no Moyles, um, obviously, loads of press with Moyles at the moment because yeah. he's been over in AKA with, um, yeah. uh, what's the coach name? Javier. Javier, Javier Mendes, yeah. is that his yeah. yeah. name? And obviously, Khabib. Yeah. He, he's over there. And obviously, he went, the last fight that he fought for Bellator, where he fought Peter Queeley. And he was with um, uh, Habib over there, and he was in AK. Yeah. A lot of stick that he got, but yeah, yeah. he seems to have come out the other I end of it. He's got my fucking head in over there as well. Fuck her saying, uh, oh, he's a rat. No, not even. I don't mind that shit because a good few SPG lads came to Miles and said, "Miles, we're not calling you that. Don't do yeah, rules." Load of bollocks. Yeah, you weren't in this gym. You're training. You know, we know you're right. He, like, I wouldn't even mind. He wasn't meant to be there with Khabib. Is it? That was just uh, coincidence. A coincidence. The first yeah. time, yeah. But everyone. 
because he trained over there, they, that's how he won the fight with Queeley. And he's, he said, no, he wrestles fucking every Saturday in their place mm. with Ivan and Constantine and Bill. Yeah. He'd done all his work in Ireland. He was over there for playing eight weeks, six of the weeks. He trained, I think he was on holidays with two of them. Mm. He said, no, that's disrespectful to us as a team, Team Ryan, to say, mm. no, he won his fight because he fucking trained every eight weeks. So yeah. that's all my bleeding head in, you know? Yeah. And it was disrespectful to the lads in the gym. Mm. You know, so that annoyed me. What do you do in the like? Do you pick up the phone then? Do you ring John? Do you say get your like sort your lads out, or do you know what do you say to Miles in those kind of no, situations? I just Miles don't bleed mine. I don't. I don't get involved. Yeah. Fighters, I lead the fighters too. Well, like I talked to Peter that day to fight and everything, no problem. Mm. I talked to all of them lads. Hoys, hoys, respectful of you know. Yeah. That's why they do things for fights, don't they? In those moments, then when Miles wins that fight, are you like fuck yeah? Is it kind of those little things where you're delighted? I told like, you we're going to rob him on the night, to be yeah. honest with you. Mm. When I had a split decision thing, and I said, no, because he did win the three rounds. It was a very close fight. Yeah. But he did show Peter. I know Peter says now that he won the fight, you watch back at the fans say, he had more fans there than him. And look, it was done and dusted. Mm. He won the fight. Give me respect for the fight. And, Absolutely. Like, he was, and it was the first time that Moyes trains properly, because usually. Moyle's a bleeding hippie, daydreamer, and I'd a bleeding bathroom every week, I'd have given out to him, and mm. I'd have fallen out with Moyle all the time. And it was the first time at camp that I didn't have to say to him, why aren't you in Dublin? Why aren't mm. you training? I didn't have to do that with him. Where yeah. all you don't, it was a fucking nightmare. Yeah. So that one I didn't. And he's been, since he's been home now, he's been regular in gym <laughs> training with the butcher yeah. for this fight. He was fighting Philip O'Peter, who was a good friend of mine, and Philip done the coast in R- Romania, uh, sorry, in Rome with me and the Irish team. Yes. And we got on very well. Mm. First thing I did when the fight was off me, I rang Peter, I said, Peter, look, we're good friends. I know you need to make money and keep me to make money, so I have no problem with the fight. Yeah. But no bullshit from our end, and he was the same, you know. So. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's what needs to happen, isn't it? Yeah, that's why I think for all of us, when you see that stuff with, you know, for me anyway, with Miles, like, I mean, it was, I don't want to see anyone. I hate seeing people that I know fighting each other. You know yeah. what I mean? People that have come up to it, but I understand that it has to be done. Yeah. But if that's going to happen, then everyone needs to just understand that we're all trying to get to the same spot. We're all trying yeah. to make a career, make a living. Reds are fighting Ryan Roddy, they're good friends. Reds are fought Philip and Peter, they're good friends. Reds are fought Artem, they're good friends. Because they went in and fought each other. And that's it, there's no bullshit, you know yeah. what I mean? Okay, we're going to compete against each other. Jiu-Jitsu, imagine what's not even Jiu-Jitsu. Well, this is the thing, because I see it from a Jiu-Jitsu yeah. end point, because that's all I know yeah. is competing yeah. in Jiu-Jitsu. And that's it's like... why I love the IMAF, because when you do the IMAF, mm. everyone's in the same warm-up room, warming up together. Yeah. Everyone's weighing in, they got a queue on the way in, it's like a, a tournament. Mm. So there's not this thing of you're in one change, room in the other, we don't see each other. Yeah. You're in the same compound and hotel all week as each other. Mm. You're in the swimming pool and the gym with each other all week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So there's that. That's you're drying your toes next to yeah, one another. Because yeah. <laughs> when we were we were uh, we were at the uh, the Russians have a big team there and they've a, a big sort of Dagestani type of Russian team mm. there. And uh, when we got there first. You getting the looks off. First thing I did was how are you coach hand out. Yeah. You're not going to throw me hand down and shake it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, hi coach. And then there were a few there lads, better lads. It's a very good, very good athletes. Great fight. You know, mm. be respectful to them. Be yeah. But don't fucking crouch down. Yeah. We go in, we're warming up there. We fucking, we're not going to let anyone dictate to us in the mat, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. We have to still have a bit of respect. Absolutely. Per- the ha- happy happy medium, happy mix yeah. of it all. Yeah. Andy, how would you like to be remembered? Last final question. Fuck. That's the truth. Honestly. Yeah. I, I, this what I say as well, when I do pass this fucking war river, I don't <laughs> want I don't want a gravestone I don't want um, to be buried I want to be burned I don't want anyone to keep any ashes of me fuck them all out to sea I don't want anyone oh that's fucking Andy in the, in the fireplace there or we must go 
But I look at my mad I go to my brother's grave every week, yeah. you know? Yeah. Fucking hell, it kills them hard when I go up to up I to know, yeah. I don't want any of that shit. For me, who gives a fuck? Really, yeah? Yeah, for what, like? I think with 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 graves, I think it's isn't it. Now I I'm I will be like you as well. Like I the grave thing I can't do right. But I know that my own parents yeah. like to go. Especially my mother likes to go visit her her mom's her parents' graves. And I think it's more of a like a, a process. A, so you know you feel like you're still connected to the person. Well, you know, or I, you? I, I, I talk to my brother all the time. My brother passed away. This is fifteenth Christmas gone. He was twenty three. He was killed in an accident out for with his mates um, celebrating Christmas night out. Had a fall, banged his head, died. Jesus. Right, I remember that. And I don't know, and I still talk. I give out to him every now and again. And my best mate, one of my best mates, Jerry O'Grady, took his own life a few years ago. And I'd talk to his wife now and again. And, and I'd, I'd drive by his house every day to the gym and i fucking give out to him. But I talked to him myself. Mm. I don't have to go to a grave to talk to him. I don't have to go to a church. Yeah. I do it myself, you know what I mean? Mm. Are you religious? Um, oh, I'll give you a, a mad one. Um, no, it wouldn't be... Mm. I think we're, 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 we were bed into being afraid not to be religious. I remember years ago getting chased by the guards as a young and I believe, bless him, he said, please to God, don't get, don't let them catch me. And I go to mass every <laughs> Sunday. As soon as I got away, I didn't give a shit. You know what yeah. I mean? I was only doing something stupid. Yeah. But I had a couple of incidents, um, I always say, fucking priests, they're pricks. And what's that Madeline, uh, the, Mad, uh, the, what do you call that? Magdalene Sisters. Magdalene Laundries. Yeah, and I said, yeah. the fucking nuns are bastards. And, what they did, and, and then stuff with priests selling kids, and, and, mm. and then I say, well, hang on a minute. All the priests I know, so we had a very good priest called Father Noel when I was a young fella. Mm. Father Noel was around the back, and we'd knock around to Father Noel, and he brings the U club and brought us to the pictures, and we yeah. went to the scouts and our clubs with him, and he was a brilliant man, a very nice man, and it was great, you know? And uh, I had one bad incident, I was going to kill the fucker. <laughs> um, when my brother died, right, so I said, what do you yeah. do? Like, we don't... Brothers, what do you do? There's no script to say. How old are you when your brother passed? So, I was, it's only uh, about 12 years ago, 13, I think this, he passed away. My youngest was 13, so he's 13, he's 14 years. Yeah. So what am I, 46, 32 yeah. or whatever. So, yeah. um, I remember he had, he had passed, I'd write, what did he grab me, brother? It'd be better than knock around to the priest. It was Saturday evening, like, what do you do? Who do you tell? Because my man had like, we had to get the priest to the house and all, and all this shit. So I knock around and the the, the bleeding office was was closed. So the priest in their estate have fucking three houses, right? Mm. So I knocked into the house, a bungalow, and I said to the priest, I said, how are you? I said, we had a ruined brother from around the corner and our brother passed away today and we don't know what to do. What do you want me to do about it? I'm on sick leave. I said, what did you say? Oh, uh, uh, I'm on sick leave. I passed on to the parish priest. I looked at the fat cunt, I was going to bleed and kill him, you know, excuse the language, I wanted to kill him. Yeah. But the parish priest came around the next day, a beautiful man, a lovely man, didn't come in in all the bleeding priest gear, come in, normal, mm. sat with me man there, sat with us, um, didn't give the holy thing, this is God's will, he said, no, I couldn't, can't tell you, I'm not going to tell you it's God's will, it's a tragedy. Mm. Great man, very nice man, he said, every, we were waiting over a week to bury my brother to us, on the Friday morning when I died, there was only 12 people died in Dublin that, that night, accidents and stuff. So we had a week. He came around to my house, my ma's house, every day and every evening. Don and me at the shopping centre, the case kitchen, sent up sandwiches and food. The, the area with the, where we lived was brilliant. Mm. But that priest was a great man and he was, there was no bullshit out of him. He was set with us and talking and he talked about football and he came in and have a cup of tea in the evening and we're sitting there and I'm talking about Father and I. So Father and I was bringing us, you know, 
out and he said, ah, yeah, I said, I remember father now. He said, I used to be bringing a bunch of kids up to the forest and he'd be bringing a bunch of kids out. And my brother looks at him, not like that now, he said, not like that. But he was a nice man, you know, and he yeah, said to yeah, me yeah. then, my wife Claire and my, and my sister, uh, Elaine, were pregnant at the same time. He said, look, when you're getting the kids baptised, don't go through it, I'll do it on your own, you know what I mean? Yeah. He was a lovely man, he was, a lovely man. So... I wouldn't be religious, religious, and then I'd just say, them bleeding priest bastards. Yeah. But the ones I've met are really nice. Are really except, nice, yeah. Except one fucker, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he didn't give us that whole bullshit, you know, this is God's will, and you know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes, you're, I think when you have kids, you're, you're afraid not to believe in case something happens to mm. you. Your yeah. kids, not me, like, you know, you say, my kids, something happened to me, you know what I mean? Mm. It is frightening that way. It is, yeah. But I wouldn't be religious, I think, I think... There is some sort of creator there, but like... Do you believe, well, what do you believe in? Do you believe that when we die, do you believe we go somewhere else? I used to think you'd be reincarnated. I'd love to think you were. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't believe that Buddhism or Hinduism or Muslims or Christians, whatever, is the right religion, I think. Yeah. you just got to be a nice person, haven't you? And Absolutely. You know what I mean? And that's it. Like, yeah. You're a cunt, you're a cunt, isn't it? <laughs> that's it, yeah. Isn't it? You know what no, I mean? that's it. Yeah. That's what I am. Yeah. You know, you can go into, you could see here for hours going into religion and, and what it means to people and why it was created. Because, it, listen, it was created. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? From one, one next into yeah. to the next, it was created for a reason. You yeah. know, whether you want to look at it as a control yeah. of, of mass people, the masses or whatever. Yeah. Um, like, I've no time for all that thing and I've no time. Like, I think I don't care if you are. I say it in the gym all the time, I don't care if you are. Black, white, Chinese, if you want to paint yourself purple, if you're gay or straight, yeah. you can wear a gym, you behave yourself. You're a nice person, no problem. Absolutely. No problem. And yeah. why not? Like, who am I yeah. to judge people anyway, you know? Yeah, we're all the same, yeah. we're all equal, yeah. isn't it? No more stuff fuckers looking down the nose and you think they're better than you, you know? Absolutely. That's just my head in. I have no yeah. time for that. Mm, yeah, you know, I would no be the same, yeah. 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 We're all equal. Or classes, I have no time for classes, okay. You were a millionaire and you live in a big house. I mean, you're a better person than me. Absolutely. You might have a better job, more money. Mm. But you're not first class. And I'm certainly not second class. I'm yeah. just middle class or working class. I think that's a lot of bollocks, all them yeah. classes, you know. Would well, you think if someone landed 10 mil on you into the bank account in the morning, would you change? Do you got to change it? First thing I'd do is I'd uh, buy a speedboat, get me seven little sailor uniform. <laughs> I'd sit in the back of it on a big, big trailer and I get ready to drive me around on a maid and I'd be sipping champagne <laughs> sticking my fingers up with everybody no I wouldn't change no I wouldn't <laughs> I always said I, I always said and I, even to this day yeah. um, if I won big big money I'd build a, uh, a sports hall in school in Donnamade if not sports hall lovely it does me head in the great sports hall when we were kids and then they got vandalised and they knocked it down and they never rebuilt one and it yeah. does my fucking head in because it's a very sports school hurling yeah. football come out and yet they've now believed in sports hall so we always said, I win one big money. This is witnesses now. Yeah. I would build a sports hall. Lovely. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. Well, yeah. I'll hold you to that, right? There'll be a few I, out there. I, that I, I don't think I'd move out of Dublin either. I love Dublin. Really? Would you move out of the house that you're in now? I, I'd like a bit, of, a bit of land. Yeah. Um, For dogs and stuff. Because I do a bit of hunting. And yeah, stuff. you do a bit of hunting. Yeah, jeez, yeah. I should have mentioned yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So I do that. So yeah, no, but I think, yeah, but I love Dublin. Mm. I was only, when I was standing out here earlier on, it reminded me, like, I believe. I would have spent a lot of time as a teenager and then early 20s in town because mm. I would have been in rat mines in the barracks. So I'd come into town and have me dinner in Beaulies. Lovely. And then I'd get picked up to go training or training the Herricks in town. Or, yeah. So your, your life sort of revolved around the city centre, mm. you know? And it has changed. Yeah. For the better, do you think, or for the worse? I think for the worse, yeah. Mm. yeah. Why do you say that? I don't know. I just think it's... Maybe when you get older, you get a bit softer, but I yeah. think it's not, it's not safe, you know? 
Yeah. Do you worry about your own children being in town and, and starting to get yeah, older? Yeah, you know, we go to town now. We just continue to go to Blanchetown. We go to yeah. these other shopping centres. It's not really go to town. Yeah. Are, 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 what, how old is, is Carrie your eldest? Carrie's 21, yeah. So she's going out. She's on yeah. the on the yeah. set, as we say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, wor- I worry about him when they're out. She's a, goes out with a very nice fella. Yeah. Um, he's actually a good young man. What's that like? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. They don't listen to me. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, what, what I did in my house. I just uh, imagine some poor young fella being like, "Who's your dad?" Uh, She's like, "Andy bleeding Ryan." Yeah, well, the kids just tell me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, my house is full of girls all the time, and every Saturday, even all the nieces and all, like all my, um, on me Claire side, all they're yeah. all girls, all the nieces. So my house is full of them, and so I said to myself, with a little box room upstairs, and no one was doing that, and they were meant to put it into a walk-in wardrobe, and. And he went through that and I said, oh, I'm putting it into my room. So I got a painted, I got a big flat screen TV on the wall and I got Xbox and a <laughs> DVD player and I got a little fridge built in it and I got all lovely photographs of when the kids are small and me and Judo and yeah. UFC all over the walls. And I bought a, a couch bed, a little corner suite that just fits out into it. Yeah. And I said, right, that's my little zone and I'm going to be up there. I got a popcorn maker machine, everything in it. Do you think I can get into it? Carrying it and, and I fell asleep in it all the time. No way, you turned it out. Bit, yeah, a bed. So we and our friends have us asleep over our room. Yeah. Can't believe the user. Need to get out the back. Yeah. yeah. Need to back. I out with the dogs. Are the yeah. dogs in the house or the inside? In the house. How many do you have now? Three? Four. Four. And what did you have? Two Westies, yeah. And I used to breed rock You walk them dogs, yeah. do you? <laughs> so I remember a few years ago, I used to go down and Soap was a lot younger. So I walked down together in the primary school and have the two little chihuahuas and pink leads yeah. and two Westies. <laughs> And me going down the road with my shorts and t-shirts, tattoos all over my arms. What I'm paying, fucking people be laughing at me. Because we bred, my family, we bred staffs and Rottweilers. That's yeah. what we bred for years. Yeah, yeah. We always had Rottweilers. And, and why stuff. would you, why, how come, was it the girls that wanted the smaller no, I used dogs? No, I used to torment Claire when she went away. I used to buy a dog to torment her. And I bought two Westies. And then she went away and, and uh, another time to a friend in Scotland and I got Sophie, didn't she, well, And then she managed to... I had to say, it's a great little dog. Yeah. It's a great dog. Yeah. Are they good dogs, Joe? This one we have is a princess, and she looks like a bleeding princess. Good princess. And, yeah, and she's lovely little dog. She's yeah. lovely. And then Claire was going away again, messing. And I said, I'm going to get another torment. And I went and bought another dog. Her heart be broke. Yeah. Was she cracking when she came home? She went, what can you do with it? Yeah. They're in there now. And but she you, probably loves it now more than I bought a dog the other day. What was it? I was going to buy one of them German warhead. Oh, them German pointers. Oh, gorgeous dog. Mm. I support that decision. Yeah. Sorry, Claire. Just for the hunting. <laughs> yeah, so, you're getting sorry. into the hunting now. Mm. Well, and it's uh, Carl Roach in your gym. Is that who's... Carl uh, and another couple of other fellas, yeah. Fella Paddle, yeah. yeah. What yeah. do you love about us? I just, I think it's like, as I said, when I was in school, the outdoors and, and yeah. you know, and in the army, it's a, it's a, it's a step from the army. So mm. I've got all my firearms licenses and stuff and, you know, so mm. we're out in the hills and the mountains and stuff. So I think it's the outdoors. Oh, so you have your licenses from your army days? No, no, but I, have, I think it's, it's carry on from, you know what I mean? Oh, okay, right. So I used to do a lot yeah. of shooting in the army, so. Oh, you mean yeah, you're still yeah, yeah, right, yeah, so right, it's, right. It's, yeah, so. it's a controversial uh, topic, isn't it? Yeah. 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 A lot of people, I find... Well, I don't want to offend yeah, anyone, but it's I, kind I, of an I, ignorant. People get are a bit ignorant no, I have, about it. I have no time for, for cruelty to animals. Like, I love, we love dogs, you know, yeah. animals. And I couldn't go out and hoard an animal for the sake of hoarding it, you know. Yeah. And we're on holidays. My kids are feeding, bleeding cats, stray, stray cats. cats and, yeah. and they're bringing them in. And, you know, you know. so we hunt we hunt a deer in the season. Only take one or two when we go out. If we're, mm. if we're lucky enough, it's hard to get them sometimes. Yeah. But we eat them. Like, there's no waste in it. They're... Mm. 
Carl skins them. We bring them to a butcher friend of ours, and he prepares them and cuts them all up in meat, and it's keeping out all the lads at the gym and stuff. Yeah. So there's no waste. I wouldn't, I couldn't kill something for the sake of killing it. Yeah. Um, I do pigeon shooting on people. That's very cruel and stuff. Yeah, it is. If you don't know why we're doing it, um, a lot of the wood pigeons we would eat and give to fellow that that use them in the restaurant, but mm. the crop damage you do is unbelievable. And I didn't believe it when I heard it first yeah. until I went out and seen it. No way, I had no idea. Yeah, because you think of like 500 pigeons in a field. Mm. Farmer's field gets riddled, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So the farmers are kind of in support. They're yeah, like, they get want rid to come out. Yeah, of yeah. the pigeons. But yeah, but we, I, I, I wouldn't be ki- out killing animals for the sake of killing animals, yeah. you know. And I suppose that the pigeons as well, there's no waste there. No, no, no. And, then, and did you say the pigeons get given to restaurants? The odd person might take them. Yeah, yeah. Feck, I, I didn't know that pigeon was... I thought it was some it's kind of like high-end of pigeon that was being flown in from France or it's something. Big, it's, big, it's big in England. And they really, get yeah? The pigeon. yeah. Wow, I didn't yeah. know that at all. Yeah, yeah. But I, would, I don't do too much of that, you know. It's, mm. I enjoy doing that. Or even just going, going to the range and doing the clay pigeon shooting or yeah. doing the targets in the range. It's just something else. For me, it's, it's not the gym. Yeah. And I'm the student, so when I go, I'm not the... One in charge, so right. I enjoy that. Okay, I tell yeah. the lads, no, I'm not in charge, you know, yeah. you're in charge. Do you enjoy that being yeah. on the flip side of yeah, it? Why not? Yeah, why not? Yeah, you're always okay. yeah, learning. You know well, what I mean? was about to ask you, there's that another kind of aspect of yeah. your life, you never stop learning. Yeah, and always, mm. always, you know, always. And that's yeah. why, um, like, Carl would come out and Carl showed me how to skin it and how to gut stuff and how to do it safely and how to look after the meat, the meat doesn't get infected, and, you know. So, mm. the lads put a lot of time in it, it's not yeah. for just going out. Killing something and leaving it on the side of the road is none of that shit, you yeah. know. I'd have no time for that. You yeah. know what I mean? It's I'd respectful. Yeah. Yeah. We eat me. Well, this is the thing. Most of the people who argue about well, whether they're they could be vegan or whatever else, but most people, even if they eat meat, that argue about hunting, yeah. they don't stop and question where their meat comes yeah, from and the process from the animal being in a field to ending up in your supermarkets. Do you know what I mean? I know. And I think if a lot of people actually saw that process first yeah. on, they'd be yeah, more oh, inclined yeah, yeah. to to yeah. buy their their meat yeah. organic or from a local farmer, yeah. wouldn't they? Yeah. You oh, know, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. Mm. Yeah, for me, more than all them bambies in the mountain. <laughs> yeah, no, see, that's that's the perception people think, but it's not. Yeah, should we go out more days? Don't even see them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and fellas think that you're out, you you might fire one round, mm. two at max. Secondly, hear the noise, they're gone. Yeah, you know. And the Wicklow Mountains are overpopulated with them. Yeah, is that where you go up to the Wicklow Mountains? Yeah, yeah. 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 Are guns? Are, what are you? What are you shooting at? Of what yeah, kind? Is a rifle? rifle? Yeah, yeah. Heavy. Yeah. I've never held a gun before. Have you not? No. Let's see a photograph there. Look. Come on, give us a look at the photograph. I'll have to. I'll have to explain this for our, our listen, li, listeners. Andy is now um, picking up his mobile. He's scrolling. He's now about to show me. Oh, yeah. Size of it. Yeah, it's a very big rifle for for all those listeners. Show you better. This is... Where's this fucking picture? (laughs) There. There, yeah, look. Oh, jeepers, yeah. Massive rifle, yeah. Yeah. So we know who we who would call if the zombies come. Uh, <laughs> I say that all the time. I said, I'll be ready for that apocalypse. <laughs> yeah. I know where I'm going. Yeah. Bleeding yeah. out to Donnemies. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. here, Claire, Andy, open up said, that I door. I have all of you openers in the gym. I always said to them, straight down, <laughs> we just take over Donnemies shopping centre. <laughs> Put your openers on the roof. Sniper. Plenty of food there. Yeah, yeah. yeah relax, love yeah. it. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, listen, thank you very much. No problem. I enjoyed that. It was great. Dragged me off to the south side. I know. I'm so sad. You're you're almost just hiding ho- no. a bit over the bridge. Once I can smell the lithium already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 And the junkies pissing on <laughs> them, them lines. <laughs> uh, what's the plan now for the rest of the week? Training. 
training. In the gym. I was actually meant to go up to the north tomorrow. Danny Carr's running the course up there. It's a whole brain trauma thing, and I'm probably not going to make it. Um, right. It's on Saturday. What day is today? Thursday. Today's Thursday, yeah. Yeah, so Saturday, they're running this course up there. Yeah. And it's recognising the South, and it's all to do with brain injuries and trauma and how to watch for them and stuff, you know? Very interesting. They're doing, he's doing a great job up there, Danny Carr. Yeah, he is, yeah. Leading by example, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. We're looking forward to seeing how it all pans out with his yeah. funding. So he was in one of the first countries, could we say that? Countries, yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, to get government funding for MMA. And that big gym, yeah. Yeah, big gym and schemes and having... Yeah. We're uh, bringing up a team to compete with them on, in the end of September. Leading better bash him. <laughs> I'm yeah. joking. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's good. It seems like an exciting time for yeah. everyone, doesn't it? it is, and yeah. you're happy to be back with Ima. Yeah. Yeah. For a while. Yeah. No, please stay. Come on, you yeah, were no, missing I, it. I, you know, I hate it all like committing bullshit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then I do enjoy the, the competitive end of it, but it's expensive, you know what mm. I mean? So we're going to Bahrain, it's probably going to cost two grand to go to Bahrain to coach guys, you know what I mean? So, Fucking hell. Yeah, so let's see what happens. Can you take sponsors? Yeah. i tell you who does a great job. Who? Um, Liam from Cork, Liam O'Griff. Liam O'G. And fucking Dino. Yeah, Dino Wade. They don't great get job. the recognition. And Dino Wade probably has the best amateur team in the country. Yeah. And people don't know that. People yeah. think... You look at him, he's probably the most successful amateur coaches. You go to IMAF, everyone knows him. Mm. And he think he's won medals nearly every IMAF event. Yeah. Which is mad. And a massive knowledge base as well. Yeah. He know, knows the game inside no. out and has been around, like yourself, yeah. for a very long time. Yeah. But also doesn't get the, the recognition that no. he deserves. No. He, in his own words, it's because I'm a fat C. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's a nice fella. But Liam, Liam Morgan Cork, he does... If it wasn't for him, there'd be no Irish team going anywhere. Yeah, yeah. He does massive work. He does. Fair play to him. Yeah. Well, big shout out to Dino Wade and Lee Moog. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm excited to what all you guys do in the future. I'll... Uh, I'm retired now. You're now, not... I'm announcing it now. Come on. Yeah, right. Get the hits. Andy Ryan exclusive retiring. Yeah. Fuck this. You're going to take up Fuck ballet this, dancing. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I would. <laughs> we used to do yoga down the road here in, in the Harry Christian Centre. Give over. Did yeah, you do that bit of yoga? I used to, yeah, always, yeah. But I used to go up there. It was great. I remember I went up there one day. I was, I was only playing three. It was me and three girls. And he made us sit on the ground, right? And hold each other's hands. Right. <laughs> right. Give me a hand and show you what we've done. I pass on the power to you. And you pass on <laughs> For about fucking 20 minutes. I said, well, that... But it was good. It was this uh, Nidra yoga or something called that. They were breathing. Yeah. It was fucking hard. We had a guy on here uh, last week, David Gray is his name. He's a biomechanical specialist. And basically he he's a kind of an old, a physiotherapist, but alternative, right? It's all movement and functionality. But he was saying that 85% of the, the complaints that he have has coming into his, his um, clinic can be resolved or are due to uh, people not breathing properly. Yeah. Yeah. He was saying about, you know, and he went into talking about fighters, you know, when you like see a fighter in the ring and his mouth open and he's like about to, his gas chamber is gone. So very yeah. interesting there. Well, but I'm yeah. surprised you don't know that because you, you're an avid listener to no. this podcast, yeah. Andy, yeah? You must, you must what, have... What's name? <laughs> you fucker. You must I, have missed that episode, yeah, you bollocks. <laughs> I won't even listen to this one. Yeah, you will. I'm going to have that on. Clear, get that on there in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but listen I, you're going to be here all bleeding no, night it's getting back in dark out yeah. uh, but listen I do really appreciate it. I know you're yeah. a busy man thank you very much for coming in no and uh, best of luck with the future really? Andy no, Ryan for the first exchange <laughs>